0: Note, for maximum picture quality, it may be necessary to adjust the tracking control on your VCR. I was working in the lab late one night my eyes beheld unheary size From my monster from his slab began to rise And suddenly, to my surprise
1: They did the mash
0: He did the monster mash
1: The monster mash
0: It was a graveyard smash
1: they did the mash. It caught hard in a flash They did the mash He did the monster mash Uh-oh. And we are doing a just ghoul trick podcast where we are on a scary adventure to watch horror films all October, the spookiest month of the year. I am one half of your hosts, Mausoleum Dead Laney, and with me is...
0: <laughs> Hi, I'm Oliver
1: Bones.
0: I have no... I can't think of a horror <laughs> thing. name. I'm totally rubbish with puns.
1: I just broke Ollie. <laughs> Come on. Can you think of one? No. Uh, the only one I thought of was the first one you did. <laughs> What, what did you say last Vira? time? Olvira, oh, I <laughs> oh, like Olvira.
0: So how you doing? You okay?
1: Yeah, I'm fine. I've had a weird week, um, but I'm okay. Yourself? Weird
0: week. Well, you f- you finished your previous job, haven't you? And you're about to start your new one, aren't you?
1: Yeah, I had a week of unemployment. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, not really, not really doing much at all. Watching a lot of films. I did a lot of walking. That's what I did this week. Really, trying to relax. Trying to relax, but I've been trying to get myself to st- get, like go to bed at a reasonable time and also get up at a reasonable time, because I don't want to fall out of the habit, but I already yeah. feel myself falling out of it within, like, four days or something, three days, so I'm not very good at that. But
0: you're going to put on your adult trousers, aren't you, because you're moving down to the big smoke, aren't you, or well, while well, down there anyway? like The big smoke? Like,
1: yeah, like Dracula, I'm going to move to London <laughs> and stalk the streets.
0: <laughs> stalk Winona Ryder <laughs> yes. and befriend Keanu Reeves hey, exactly. hey dude hey
1: I just watched Dracula actually, we'll talk about that a bit yourself
0: <laughs> that, that film rules, I love that film um, oh, I meant the I'm original good. oh the original one uh, I'm good, I, uh, I'm just really busy at the moment, I'm working on a music a new music video and uh, like all music videos, they want it done yesterday. So, like, sure. they literally give you no time. I just, just want to put this out there. Anybody who wants an animated music video, at least, just give us two months. That'd be really nice. <laughs> I'd really appreciate. it. <laughs> so it's spooky season, and um, I don't know about you, but growing up in Britain, it wasn't uh, Halloween wasn't really a thing when we were kids. I, if I don't know about you, but for me, it wasn't really. Like, I didn't go trick or treating or anything. I wasn't actually allowed to do about you. We did you ever go?
1: Yeah, we treating, did trick or treating or? a few times actually, but I did live more in the suburbs than you. Yeah, you
0: um, lived in you lived in a, a cul de sac, so yeah. you probably felt a bit safer, and you know, no cars,
1: and you I knew mean, you
0: literally knew everybody who lived around you, didn't you?
1: Yeah, like all the kind of neighbourhood kids got together to do like Halloween and do, yeah. do like trick or treating. Um, I don't know. It's not like America. It really isn't at all, like the idea that it's so formalised and, and organised by the neighbourhood and everything else, and that whole everyone joins in, it's nothing like that um, it, It's just It's getting you know, like you, it
0: now I think
1: A little, you know, but it really isn't nothing compared to the madness of it in America Well it's, it's like just, I've um,
0: got f- I've got friends in America and they start like they do like, um, uh, like a horror marathon throughout like October where they just watch nothing but horror films and some of them that I know, they've even started to watch them at the beginning of September. And like one guy's on like two hundred horror films he's watched since September. I don't think I've even watched two hundred films this year alone. So it's insane. Uh, I've
1: watched I've watched my five hundredth film today, this year.
0: Five hundred. But anyway, go back to to Halloween, did you actually she ever like dress up or anything as well when you did your trick or treating?
1: Yeah, we did. I was trying to think when you asked. Um, we definitely did, definitely dressed up a few times. Um, but yeah. I don't think. Just don't really remember it being that character based.
0: Yeah, it just kind
1: of like I dressed up as a ghost. ghost as, yeah, yeah. Or um, like the
0: kids in uh, ET when they're like the, the basically. ET as a ghost with the sheet over, or that, the, the boy with like a. What was like what was Michael it Myers in people? Halloween?
1: Yeah, yeah. The old of remember he
0: he, like, puts a beard on and then has, like, a knife through his head and stuff like that.
1: Oh, yeah, he just has... Yeah, but with that kind of stuff, we'd buy a mask from, like, the supermarket, so it'd be, like, I don't know, like, like you know, Frankenstein's monster or, or, or a wolfman or something. Yeah. Um, and some fake packets of blood and stuff. Maybe, like, a little vampire or something. It was that kind of stuff. It was really, like, default. It wasn't really this commercial I don't want to say commercialization of course it was commercialization but franchisingness of Halloween almost (laughs) it wasn't that like that for us
0: like I said I wasn't allowed to to go uh, trick-or-treating I wasn't even allowed to have a paper round when I was a kid I was allowed to have one but my dad was like I've got to drive you around to every single house and I was like well that kind of defeats the whole purpose of me (laughs) it's a posh posh
1: paper round (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly what's the point in that so
0: um but yeah, I, I didn't start to like enjoy Halloween until probably like late teens when I started to go out partying and stuff, and uh, would go to nightclubs and dress up. And uh, I think one time me and you we went to a Halloween. I think you dressed up as the most Halloween costume ever, and that was a member of Steve Team Zisu. <laughs>
1: that's a good. That's a good Halloween costume. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I did uh,
0: naturally I did Ghostbusters, but I've also done like. Um, one year I did uh, Ash from the Evil Dead, and I did, uh, oh, I covered yeah. myself in fake blood, and it yeah. that was a bad mistake, because I was just sticky the whole night. And then um, <laughs> me, I mean, my friend Nick and Mark, we did uh, Spinal Tap.
1: I seem to remember you doing a lot of um, uh, Batmans.
0: Yeah, those were for birthdays, Those like oh, so okay. for every milestone birthday I'd do a... Uh, uh, fancy dress. So the last one, to be honest, was like what eight years ago. So get ready, two years. It's the big four zero. So um, Woo. we'll be having another one
1: soon. Can't. I'll look for. I'll put it in my diary. I
0: can't believe it's. It's been eight years since my thirtieth. That's really depressing. But anyway. <laughs> oh, getting old sucks. Getting old.
1: Anyway. so, so like, have you actually been watching? Horror movies this October because I have I've met I put a real effort in actually I don't normally I kind of put a half effort in but I put a real effort in this 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 October
0: I, I plan to that my genuine plan was to to watch a load of horror films that I haven't seen and watch some and rewatch some classics and stuff mm. but I just literally haven't had time yeah um, but I do I I genuinely love horror films it's horror is one of my favourite genres I think it's one of the most malleable genres as well yeah. Um, so which is some of your favorites then?
1: I th- that's just so hard. Um I know. Because I know bit... the stupid thing is about horror is some of the f- my favorite horror films are some of my favorite films. So it's it gets a bit Yeah. It doesn't same. really matter to be honest because uh, obviously stuff like um The Shining uh Yeah. Science of the Lambs um The Thing, Evil Deads. They're all like they I could rank them as my actual favorite films anyway. So um, it gets a bit mixed up, really.
0: Would you count Jaws as a horror film?
1: Yeah, I would. Yeah,
0: because I would, and that's definitely one of my favourite films yeah. of all time. I mean, that's pretty. I met someone the other day who hated Jaws and thought it was boring, and I was just like, "What?" That's anyway. Weird. <laughs> um, uh, there's a fine line with horror, like you were t- talking about. Science of the Lambs. At what point does thriller become horror? Like, what's the what do you think the is the defining thing of that?
1: Like, oh, I do not know. Do, do um, you know what I mean though? Like yeah. is, at what point
0: like is seven a horror or is seven a thriller? What is seven? I think seven's a horror. Yeah.
1: I don't I think there's an element of I don't know. I'm um, probably talking at my ass here. But there's an element of like um pomposity that comes with horror. Sorry. That comes with people going against horror. This whole mm. idea of like modern horror films and now elevated horror and it's it's just some some wait like we have to constantly separate horror out to its constituent like components um oh, okay. instead of just instead of just accepting the fact that horror is this big messy fun thing really um like i love the fly is one of my favorite films you know like and i that's as much as a horror film as 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 you were saying like seven or as as much as um you know silence of the lambs but they're just very different treatment of of what's going on, of of what the horror is, and thriller seems to be something that's more akin to kind of get your pulse racing, isn't it? Like thriller, mm-hmm. um, whereas horror is almost that wider genre above thriller. Maybe it's, I, guess I don't. So, yeah. I don't know. We know, we don't have like a thriller month, do we? Like we don't have like it's not such a defined kind of uh, thing. I think compared to just horror.
0: I've got I've, I as much as I like horror I've definitely got some massive blind spots and like um, the one for me like the one that I'm going to admit to now live on the podcast is I've <laughs> never seen a Halloween film I haven't even seen the first one which That's is really insane. really bad because <laughs> um, John Carpenter is one of my all-time favorite filmmakers Yeah but it's because I don't really like slasher films and I, I don't know why it is I like slasher films. I just like um I enjoy Scream, but um, I don't know why. It's just something I don't particularly jive with slasher films. There's just something about it that doesn't really work for me. Like I'm a big fan of like body horror and uh, like over the top blood effects and
1: yeah, yeah. I always think of like that know, big splatter fests and and stuff like that. Stuff yeah. that I know you're like, like the early That's, Peter Jackson like, and stuff.
0: The stuff that I know that when you're making it, it's super fun to make. That's what I kind of <laughs> gravitate towards.
1: Um, I actually, I love. I mean, I love Halloween, like, but um, I do really like folk horror as well.
0: Oh, folk, yeah, totally, yeah, like Wicker Man and stuff like that. I
1: yeah, like I, I, Hereditary things. and Midsummer. I think I got those yeah, vibes definitely. to them and stuff like that. That's, I think. If I could pick like a genre of horror I like most, it probably would be like that kind of folk horror stuff. I think it's really cool and fun, and and plays with elements of like history and legacy and mythology and supernatural and kind of like magic and stuff like that. That I like all that kind of stuff a lot. I really gravitate to anything that has those kind of elements to them. Put a standing stone in your film, and I'm happy. <laughs>
0: like... Did you ever see The Hollow? The Irish kind of folky.
1: No, I didn't. Yeah,
0: that's not. That wasn't too bad. That wasn't too bad. It kind of uses a lot of like uh, Irish folklore and stuff like that. Cool. So you might quite like that. I mean, it's not like uh, midsummer and um, definitely like that. But that's kind of like I well, like uh, Hellboy and stuff because it kind of goes into the kind of those, of those elements. Like, yeah. Folky kind of.
1: Because I, as I was saying, I've been trying to watch like the franchisings of this year in like October. Of what I've never seen mm-hmm. before. So I've watched all of um, Halloween. I've watched all of Nightmare on Elm Street. I watched all of like mm-hmm. Scream. I watched all of Exorcist, which I'd never seen as well. Um, and I've watched quite a lot of um, Wes Craven, which I'd never watched before. Because uh, if I because yeah, I watched all of Scream and then went on to watching Wes Craven films as well. And I've just been having quite a good time with it. Like, the the quality changes quite a lot, especially Nightmare. Nightmare goes so weird. And, like, it has such strong connections between films, but sometimes then, like, just no connection. And you're just thinking they're just making another one for the hell of it, really. But um, they're fun franchises. You see why they kept on making them.
0: I mean, like, to turn that character, which was, like, a a murderous paedophile, into this kind of comical... Like headlining character was just bizarre. Do you know what I mean? Like it's so <laughs> funny how like a character like that became like the star attraction of like horror and I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like
1: it's yeah. I mean, it peaked when they did Freddy's Nightmares. You know when he yeah, was like exactly. a keeper type character on TV, just saying "Welcome to my new show" it's, and
0: stuff like that. It's it's diluting it though, really. Like, do you think though? And it kind yeah. of because I because I, like it. Even though I said I don't really like slashers, I do like the Nightmare on Elm Street films, especially the first and the is it third, Dream Warriors, the third one.
1: Dream Warriors the third one, yeah.
0: And and uh, new I actually really like New Nightmare. Cause it's one of the first kind of
1: like New Nightmare absolutely home. rules. It absolutely yeah, rules. Re- I don't understand any negative to that film. It's such a good such a good like realignment <laughs> I of think- it.
0: I think the negative things you could say is like the the main girl, she's not the greatest actress and stuff like that. And if you're gonna go kinda of go into that meta kind of you know, you want strong performances I think sometimes and I think I mean obviously with Robert England you're gonna get like a a really good performance but uh, she wasn't the best. I can't remember I her name.
1: She, yet, I think she I think she um puts on a really strong performance in New Nightmare, honestly. Mm, she
0: was, <laughs> I mean it's been a while since I've watched that, but she was pretty bad in the fur in the first and the third um nightmare
1: films but um <laughs> but uh, you're on about heather lang lang camp i assume that's like, her name yeah, yeah yeah i i like her new nightmare a lot i do it's just this kind of rising menace of that film is so good and and her like freaking out about the fact that like freddie's back but he's actually scary now is like one of her lines mm, yeah. like I, it really works for me in a lot of ways and obviously he took so much of what he was doing in New Nightmare and put into Scream as well Scream yeah definitely um, which I just love like, I think Scream is an absolute triumph
0: yeah it's like it's a shame again like that I, I really didn't like those sequels some people actually really love Scream 2 I didn't personally read Jive I think Scream, Scream 2 is okay 3 was, Screen
1: Scream 3 is terrible Scream 3 was appalling Scream 4 is awesome it's awesome it I really really like for, I really wait for I think Four is a really good film. Um, God, I true. really would recommend it. I, don't, I think it just got buried because people got fed up of Scream. Frankly, like I didn't see, it and I love the Scream series. Um, but it, I, I only watched it first time this, you know, this October, and it's really good, and it's aged really well. So I'm, I really do recommend Four actually.
0: Because I mean, when did that come out? About ten years ago or nine years? Probably ago? Probably something like that. Yeah,
1: that. yeah.
0: So like to me, that doesn't feel that long ago. <laughs> like, <you know. laughs> and like because obviously you've got a new Scream coming out in a few weeks not a few a few months that and, January uh, yeah and um, like they're all going oh they've brought everyone back and it's like well they've they've always brought them back <laughs> you know they were in the last Scream weren't they like Nev Campbell Courtney Cox and David, David Arquette. Arquette they were in the fourth one yeah, they, they were, were in the
1: fourth one, one yeah Hayden I hope Hayden, David Arquette, Arquette does some of his wrestling that, moves he looks great in the, in the trailer I thought but but he's like I'm a wrestler now, for... isn't he? So yeah, he's been, re- he has been wrestling. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so I hope he does some uh, choke holds and stuff like that.
1: On the... <laughs> what if that they will the have face. them split up, won't they? They'll have him and Courtney Cox split.
0: Well, Is I they... think I assume they were split when they did the last one. Were they together when they did? I thought four? they were
1: together when they did the last one. Still, yeah.
0: I'm not sure. I don't know. But I mean, fair play to them that they're they're happy to work with each other. So.
1: Oh, they're adults, I assume. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's true. Yeah, true. True.
1: I'm looking for... I like um, I like the directors they've got for the new Scream. I wish it was called Scream 5 and not just Scream again. That's annoying. Um, but Ready or Not was a good... Um, it was a good horror film. Ready or Not's good. So, like, see what they do with Scream could be quite fun. I, did, I
0: actually really enjoyed Ready or Not. I thought that was good fun. Um, it is, and yeah. Is, is it Samara Weaving? Yeah. 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 Yeah, she was fantastic in that. And she's she has kind of like a Bruce Campbell kind of role in that, way. Like, yes. is get like like there's lot like I'm I was saying to James when we recorded a podcast I think you weren't there and um there's lots I'm cuz I'm an animator and stuff and I'm constantly using my hands to draw and stuff like that. Anything to do with hands makes me queasy. So if you ever watch <laughs> Saw and they're like cutting through hands or anything like that, and there's definitely some hand horror action in um <laughs> In ready or not, that makes me queasy.
1: I hate eye stuff. I I can't. I can't stand eyes. Yeah. yeah. Any that's kind of.
0: So I can't have laser treatment on my eyes. I just. <laughs> I just wouldn't want anything near my eye. Go away. go away.
1: I can't do any sort of surgery stuff. I can't do surgery stuff and that kind of thing. I get really feel queasy about that kind of stuff. But most horror yeah. it kind of washes over me. Frankly, I don't know. Like, but I just don't I, I'm not I'm not. I won't litigate it, but the torture kind of porn stuff is kind of irritating to me. Um, yeah, I agree. And it's more, it's not really the torture stuff. It's more like, it's the editing of it that gets on my nerves. It's the kind of, it's the kind of crash and zoom and like uh, guitar riff kind of thing. Like yeah, it's No,
0: just, I know. It, the, it's like new metal, isn't it? It's, like it's yeah. And I
1: just, it just really puts me off. I just, that that whole element of way a lot of horror films were in like the kind of, you know, the noughties were kind of being made really put me off them. Like just, I just found it boring. Um, cattle prod horror people say, don't they? Like quite, quite, quite loud.
0: Like, but it's like you were talking about, you know, elevated horror films now. I mean, you know, like, you know, films like the witch and, you know, things like that. They're just so well thought out though now. And, uh, like films like that, anyway. Especially that I'd rather watch films like that, which have got more more thought put behind them. And um, do you know what I mean. And like, Saw is just kind of—it's just all about what what fucked up thing can we do to a person next? And to be very fair
1: to, th- to Saw, I'm not sure another franchise ever thought so hard about what they're doing because these <laughs> the. the canon and lore of saw and how it all connects up and which main characters are are in it and then bringing back characters from like eight films ago and all the rest of it is so fucked up in saw it's quite funny if you enjoy the franchise like them piecing it all together but like it's it's such a confusing mess for me
0: yeah but like i you know i don't think james one had like one of those big huge like you know a board on his wall with like red string everywhere like tying everything together I think you know they did. obviously did just, just made every every film that was you know so every following film is like okay what's the uh, what's the twist this time who's connected to who this time and who's helping Saw from the previous film
1: this and this film? one police officer was in the background of the third film and they're going to be revealed in the eighth film to be like the oh killer <laughs> yeah
0: a bit silly I mean what were the the ones that was Hostel was a big well,
1: there's only three hostel hostels, was, wasn't there, I think. Oh, yeah, but hostel
0: was huge. But like I actually didn't mind the f- I thought the first one was pretty good, and it's like I thought the thought the first maybe the first two saws were okay. Um The first saw was good, was just, definitely. Yeah,
1: yeah. Is Host did but, yeah. Hostel get remade? Was it that one that got remade? No, Cabin Fever got remade. Oh, am I thinking of Cabin Fever? God Cabin fever. I remember cabin fever. Eli Roth was meant to be some savior of a uh, savior of everything, wasn't he?
0: <laughs> odd guy. Odd guy.
1: Odd Eli guy. <laughs>
0: <Roth>. Very <laughs> odd guy. But I think uh, I think on Sunday I'm going to actually sit down and watch the first Halloween film. Definitely do it. That's. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I f- I feel terrible. It's like it's a pro- I'm saying it out loud now because it's it's shameful. <laughs> and it needs to be amended. It's like I haven't seen many of the uh, Friday the Thirteenth either. The only to tell you the only Friday the Thirteenth I've seen is the one where he's in space. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that Jason X, you mean? Yeah, which I actually yeah. thought
0: was quite fun. <laughs> it, it's fun. And then you, I, <laughs> you made me go and see a Freddy vs Jason. I said, um, I'll only go and see it if you pay for my ticket. <laughs> and you to your credit,
1: you did. Oh God! So I saw that that film's bad. Oh, yeah. I don't really like the, the, the Friday the 13th films. I've seen quite a few of them. I don't really... I don't know. I don't really care about them. Obviously the big famous thing that like uh, um, he's not the killer in the first movie and stuff like that but um, I don't know. They're fine but I, I think after the first two, even the second one, the second was just the first film again <laughs> and then it just... It, they go insane like there's a bit where like Jason's like this get he's even like a demon worm or he gets like a parasite the demon worm thing there's all that kind of stuff when he goes to Well hell and I remember a... I
0: have I have recollections of a poster of his mask and it there is like a worm thing
1: like, Yeah I can't remember it if it's him or if he's just possessed by it but I'm sure it's him This is I'm going to get shouted at by horror fans now because I should know that um but like yeah the Friday I just don't care about the franchise as much as I care about Halloween, which I, I like all the I I pretty much like all the Halloween films. There are bad ones, but like uh, I pretty much find them much more watchable than I find the Jason movies.
0: I'll tell you what I'm I'm actually very interested in watching Halloween three. That's what I'm really interested in watching. I think you'll love Halloween Mint three. Be, it's meant to be ace. It's I,
1: I it's such a good film. I love it.
0: Didn't um Friday the 13th have a TV series which had nothing to do with the actual film itself. That sounds right. But it was, but it was still branded as Friday the 13th. I, think so. I have vague recollections of that. So yeah, weird. They
1: try everything like that with everything, don't they? Well, especially, back in
0: the, especially in the late 80s and 90s where it is like, like very tenuous connections to, to things. Whereas I think now they kind of they try and do things as best as they can, like you know, like Ash versus the Evil Dead and stuff like that. They kind of they, because they know that horror have got massive dedicated fans. So mm. you know, you really kind of fans to turn on you. Exactly, and I think you know, I like I said, I haven't seen the Halloween films, but you know, I think they they genuinely are trying to make good Halloween films now. Whether or not you like them or not is one of the, is another thing, but I think they're trying to make.
1: The, films out I mean franchise. I spoke about Halloween Kills last week but yeah, yeah. it's an atrocious film But <laughs> it's I can weird, see that husband... I can see people are I... tr- there is an effort there is definitely an effort, it's completely misplaced yeah. by people who don't know what they're doing but there's an effort there
0: because I was um, listening to some interviews with Jamie Lee Curtis the other day and obviously they shot that film I think prior to the pandemic and all the kind of You know, the George Floyd stuff and all that kind of stuff. Mm. But she was linking all that stuff to that film and saying, making it out like they filmed that film after all those things happened. And that's what they were referencing in that film. I was like,
1: definitely. That is absolutely what they're doing.
0: I was like, "Um, I don't think that's correct.
1: (laughs) It's definitely what they're trying to do. This is definitely like a statement on MAGA America and shit. It's it's really bad. David Gordon Green has even said the next film is going to be about the pandemic. It's like, great, it's exactly what we wanted. This one (laughs) worked so well.
0: (laughs) We've lived through it for two years already now. We
1: definitely want more of it in our our media. Is Michael Myers going to become the disease? Like, what the fuck are you on about?
0: (laughs) (laughs) He's already got a mask on, so he's alright.
1: right. Hey, everyone's wearing masks. We all wear masks, Mr. Ripkiss.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Metaphorically speaking. speaking. So um so what are we talking about today then Liam? What's 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 on today's uh docket?
1: Well, cuz um we we talking about like um we before t- we thought they'd do these two Halloween episodes and we did one from the 80s is the mi- series we just finished. So I figured why don't we do one from the 30s which is our next series we're going to go into. And um there's pretty much nowhere better to go when you're doing the 30s than to deal with the two Frankenstein films. So, well, James Wales, two Frankenstein films, so you get Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein. it's it's alive! It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! When this dead hand moves, the monster created by a man they called Mad is turned loose to strike terror into the hearts of men. (coughs) To shock women into uncontrolled hysteria. To prey upon the innocence of children. This is the story you've heard about, talked about. The spine-tingling, blood-chilling story that stuns your emotions. Frankenstein! Don't touch that!
0: I'm assuming you've seen both of these before. Like these were both first-time watches for me. Yeah, again, I have. Like,
1: yeah, like, yeah. like terrible was...
0: blind spot me. The the uh, the Universal monsters, but they're kind of films that you think you've you yes. know already or you've they seen because they're are. so. It's like all the Draculas, and the Creature from the Black Lagoon, and you know all those Man kinds and the of The Mummy
1: films. and the Invisible Man.
0: Yeah, the, you just you know you've seen all the. The iconography, the pictures—you know the story, so it yeah. kind of feels like you've seen them.
1: But I'll tell you what.
0: I, but I tell you what, like I thought they were fantastic, and um, the best thing that's about cool. them is they're about just over an hour long each. So that's, <laughs> they are. They're that's about amazing. an hour ten.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: so now you, know, you um, can just sit on your lunch break and just watch one, and then get out
1: easily. We're not going out. Yeah. There. Um. I'd seen them for years. I'd seen them when I was a kid. I I remember I used to watch the. Um, my dad had all the Universal Monster films on VHS. So I remember I used to sit with my dad and watch those Universal Monster films. So I've seen them all um, with him, basically. But um, I was quite keen to come back and revisit everything and, and, and see them again with, like, fresh eyes and stuff. And then um, kind of dig into them. I've had a hell of a good time digging into them as well, like, reading up about them as well. So I've got some got some stuff to depart. But I'm really, I'm really glad facts. that... Um, got some facts but i'm really glad you liked them like i was it's it's like because you said as well that you haven't really seen any films in the 30s at all and like a 30s is a big blind spot for me but the 30s horror isn't really if that makes sense um but that's really cool that you like them because they're you know these are early films going 80s to the 30s you know like the 80s are old films and these are fucking old films you know (laughs) like and (laughs) just like at the pinnacle of like the invention of sound cinema as well so it's quite amazing that this is, like, what's coming out at this time. But I think it surprised me how watchable they are.
0: I think, you know, it's just a great use of, like, sets and, you know, yeah, uh, of, production yeah. design. And, you know, even the makeup for the time was really good. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, you know, they are older films and, you know, like, they're quite short. So everything's kind of... Over very quickly, so like in the second film, like he has a a relationship with this kind of like I don't know, religious man and um,
1: little hermit, yeah, you
0: know, yeah, or hermit, whatever he is. And you you think, okay, this might you know, if this was made today, this that would be a much bigger part of a a film, it'd probably last you know, throughout the majority of the film or something like that. But you Mm. know, it's over within like a scene and a half, do you know what I mean? It's like it's. You know, it's 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 just like light splatters of things as opposed to like, you know. But um, they um
1: they don't wait around. If they're, no, they're showing no, like, you something, they're kind of like, "Here's your theme. Here's what's going on. Have you got that moving on?" <laughs> kind of thing. Well, it's you know?
0: like the first film starts with a funeral, and it's literally you see. Uh, is it Henry? Isn't it? Because isn't it Victor in the books?
1: It is, yeah, absolutely. And then there's
0: an, another character called Henry, and they just swap the names around or something like that.
1: Probably, I, I can't sure remember where Henry comes from. Hen-
0: I thought Henry was his friend, and they switched it or something like that. But um, I haven't so I, might, read, if I, I have keep, to say,
1: I haven't read Mary Shelley's since high school. So um, I read it in re- school as well. Yeah,
0: and um, I watched the
1: um, the Robert De Niro, the, film.
0: <laughs> the Robert De Niro film, which yeah, that was not a very good film
1: it's interesting that it exists
0: but it shows like how powerful and like massive these universal monster films yeah. were you know like throughout the 90s they were constantly trying to remake them so like they've you know, never stopped off... remaking them they haven't like well, um, 60s
1: true. the 70s like the 90s they tried to do it again they've been trying to do it for the last 20 years you know we joke about dark universe a lot on this and that was all that was part of they did victor frankenstein as well like They never stopped trying to do them.
0: But in the 90s, they had the perfect opportunity with Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula. Mm. Uh, Which, I mean, we were talking about it briefly before we started recording, but I absolutely adore that film, and especially the production design and stuff on that. And, like, you know, the use of like uh, the kind of paper puppets, and then, you know, like the shots where he's reading the book and there's like a model train going over the top of it, and all these kind of. Like, insane, like, in-camera effects. And, uh like, he's...
1: It's him going to town. The that,
0: but I like the fact that they've got, like, a... Uh, I think it's either a Chinese or Japanese um costume designer. Because, obviously, everyone knows what Dracula looks like. They're like, okay, mm. we want something that looks totally nothing like Dracula, so we'll hire someone <laughs> who really doesn't know anything about Dracula and see what <laughs> they come up with. And that's where you kind of get that weird, like... Flesh-looking, you know, under like muscle suit that he has, you know, that suit of armor. Yeah, arminous, yeah, like.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. that's based more, more upon um, what's he? It's more based on the Vlad, the Impaler kind of legend. Yeah, yeah. Like.
0: And it's so funny if you watch behind-the-scenes footage of that because he's every time he moves, uh, Gary Oldman, his costume's just constantly falling apart, and it just made me think <laughs> like whenever I'm making a film and like the character <laughs> moves and his costumes falling apart, I'm like, well, if it happens on a, a Francis Ford Coppola film with Gary Oldman and it's happening on mine it's it could happen right. to me it's, it's, yeah <laughs> but then apparently he was meant to direct Frankenstein or something because he definitely produced it
1: oh, I can so see him. yeah isn't so it it, is could it, have been, isn't it Branagh
0: is it Branagh he direct, yeah. Branagh directed it in the end as well yeah. starring in it and um, but if I remember that one's a, quite a lengthy it is like you know build up and there's a whole weird kind of like not incestuous but I think he's kind of got a sister by marriage and then he's like falls in love with his sister which is Helena Bonham Carter if I remember, Some you remember
1: isn't that actually from the book though <laughs> isn't it pretty accurate to the book
0: I think so but I but like, I, but don't
1: quote me on that. I don't. Yeah. the only things I know about the book is very, very, very simple things I know about the book.
0: The only thing I can't remember in that film is if there's electri- electricity used and stuff, because in the book there's no electricity used, and that was a result of these films, and so that's always been like. Uh,
1: but that's the kind. I think if you did it without that, is kind of Tesla coils. People would be like, "You're not making Frankenstein." Yeah. It's so in, in Appar- some, like.
0: Apparently, they had a real Tesla coil. For the yeah, movie. they did. Yeah, the They somehow one, got a real means- one. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's
1: um, gone.
0: But yeah, then obviously, like you know, later on in the two thousands, they kind of did. They tried to bring them back again with the Van Helsing film, didn't they? And they kind yeah, of had yeah. Frankenstein's monster in that. And it's weird how everyone thinks his name's Frankenstein the monster. I don't know how that came to be.
1: <laughs> well, okay, I can I can drop my first. Um, there's go a podcast ca- called um, "You You're Wrong About." So, like, and this is my, like, you're wrong about. So, this is the first one of the episode. Um, the reason that people just refer to the monster as Frankenstein is because the source material for the film does, and in the film, they do refer to him as Frankenstein. Like, they do refer to the monster as Frankenstein, like, he's a son of Frankenstein. They give him the surname. Okay. Um, and that's why it kind of stuck. But uh, I won't go into, like, let's, okay, let's go into, like, the origins of the movie being made, actually, because it's quite fascinating. We're talking about the early starts of, like, Hollywood, and Universal as, like, a, um, you know, as a picture house, Universal as a company, um, we're right at that start of doing anything, really. And obviously, you've got the 20s coming through, and Universal have a slight obsession with horror in the 20s, only a slight. But they do like, you know, uh, Hunchback in 23 with like Lon Chaney, you know, and that's one of their biggest things that's still playing throughout, probably when they started looking at other stuff to make. But like, um, the guy that we have to mention, the reason all this exists is um Carl Lemney, Carl Lemney Jr. who took over from his father in a kind of the late 20s. And his father hated horror really, but his son really loved it. And in 1929, there's the wall street crash and the great depression and universal is bankrupt. They don't like, they're really struggling and think they're going to go under. So um, <laughs> Mr. Carl Lemley Jr. basically sinks his money into saying, we'll do a Dracula film. We'll go back and do a horror. It's, we'll do a Dracula film. And this will get us out of like this kind of pit of money. And to do this, instead of adapting the book, and this is important for Frankenstein. Instead of adapting the book, what he does is he finds this really modest British touring production that was a stage production to, of Dracula. And this minor little play that was really, it was like, a you know, Dracula set in a room, in a drawing room, um, like set in a single house. He takes that and adapts it for the screen directly. So he changes Dracula from the kind of monster that's in the book to this like suave, like elegant figure of London, really. And he casts the you know the actor who played him on stage, Bella Lugosi. So like um, you have this kind of quieter film. It's really just about um, I've heard other people say this before. It's a bad boyfriend story. It's basically if you watch it, it's <laughs> it's the father and like the friends going. She's dating this weird guy who's like not good for her. That's really what like Dracula's about. And um. Have you seen Dracula? Have you seen the twenty, like the thirty one? I have
0: not. No, like I've got the box set of all the, um, you know, the, the Universal Monster movies, and um, I've literally just watched two um, Frankenstein's and um, <laughs> Phantom of the Opera because Frank pitched, picked that when we when uh, we recorded the film junk.
1: So, like, um, it's really weird. It doesn't have music because it's so early in the invention of sound that they they cannot successfully merge dialogue and sound effects with an, an like a music track. Right, so the entire okay. film silent uh, apart okay. from when they go to that. There's music. When they go to a theater, there's a, you know, there's a, a band playing, but like, so it's diegetic. <laughs> um, but right, like, okay. the it's really weird because the entire film silent. So you're just watching Bela Lugosi creep around these huge sets in absolute silence. And there's like, creaks of doors and you can hear the footsteps on dirt and stuff like that it's it's more it's even more of a silent film than watching silent film really weirdly <laughs> enough because yeah, just... you have the music accompanying Yeah, normally, yeah. and you have dialogue and stuff like that and it's a very it's a it's really weird i think it's harder to watch for us now because of that element of it and they did actually they added a, a score to it in 98 um, okay. Uh, Philip Glass did it, so you can actually watch it with a score. Really well, weird. I Suppose
0: if anyone's going to do a score, you, <laughs> yeah, Philip Glass. Sure. One, you can't go
1: wrong with Philip Glass. You can't go wrong. But um, it's it's also really weird. Like Dracula has like possums in his castle and like aardvarks and stuff, and I just never <laughs> understood why they're there. <laughs> like they're these so, American like rodents. Like
0: you know, like they use the same sets and stages to film the yeah. Spanish version.
1: Yes. Yeah
0: so is that basically is it the same script or is it a totally different film because i've got th- that's on the the box set i've got as well so is that a totally i, I different believe film? it's the
1: same film just in spanish um but i i don't know yeah. i've heard people that really like that i haven't watched it because it's spanish
0: <laughs> <laughs> And is it, is it a different cast or yeah 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 it's yeah. a
1: spanish-speaking cast yeah so they were shooting two films okay. at once as well but um big thing to say about Dracula and why it's important for all this is that Bela Lugosi fucking rules in it. He's really good. Um, I'm sure he's hamming the accent up. People say that like, you watch it and he's got such a strong accent that you can't imagine him playing any of her roles. And I'm sure he's hamming it up a little bit to play fucking Count Dracula. But he has got a strong like Hungarian accent. Well, and he is like playing play. a romantic lead as well. Like,
0: but if you watch, you know, like Edward, I'm sure he didn't actually speak that strongly, like...
1: I think he spoke strongly. I just think he hammed it up for right. Dracula. If you know, if you know what I mean, like, and I think any portrayal of him is doing the Dracula rather than doing probably what Bella really sounded like. But I don't know. I wasn't oh, yeah. there. <laughs> but it just seems to be one of these things. that's probably more legend when you read about it. Like people are always going, "Well, he had such a strong accent. He wanted to be a romantic man, but the American audiences would never accept him," kind of thing. And like you watch him in. Some of the stuff I'll talk about in a second. His accent isn't that strong. <laughs> like it's, But it is not American in any way. Um, but yeah. Dracula bullshit. Was, bullshit. Dracula <laughs> was huge. It saved Universal, frankly. Um, there's a good stat. Within 48 hours of it opening in New York, in one theatre, it sold 50,000 tickets. Um, wow. It made like seven... I don't know what it is. Uh, in, adjusted, but 700k profit for them. Um, it was Universal's biggest release in 31. Um, it saved, you know, it, amid, it, the Great Depression starting in America, it saved them. If without it, we wouldn't have them.
0: Like Just just for context, I think the budget for the first um, Frankenstein was $262,000, which I think is the equivalent of like $5 million now. Right. And it made tw- $12 million then, so God knows what. Yeah, God knows. No. <laughs> like yeah, that's think, an amazing return on investment.
1: It's in yeah, incredible. Um so that's when they kind of went all in. Um and throughout the thirties they were, you know, they were horror film makers. They didn't just make horror, but that's they knew that would be their kind of um you know, their money Fred maker, Burr. their target. Yeah. And the next one, Carl yeah. Lemney Jr. kind of um uh Green so this is like their is superheroes
0: of now, isn't yeah, it, really? pretty. absolutely much. Like is. That, Yeah, That's what they make to bring the money, and then they'll make little pictures now and again to get some awards, or, I don't know.
1: It's also like what they, they can't do. get over. Like, you're saying, they keep trying to remake stuff. They have not been able to get over the fact that they had the biggest pictures in the world in the 30s, with some of the most iconic characters that ever existed, that we still think of their versions of, like, you know, 80 years later. They haven't quite managed to break that even though they've had like jurassic park and stuff you know In the later on they still keep falling back to the fact that we are the horror house we made these characters we should be able to do something with them and they just haven't ever been able to find anything that hits the same way but um yeah so he green lights frankenstein and um initially they're kind of uh they're they, you know they're, they're yeah, Todd Browning directs in nineteen thirty one, Dracula. He he goes on in nineteen thirty to do nineteen thirty two to do Freaks, which I don't know if you've seen either. I've seen Freaks, yeah. You've seen Freaks, seen yeah. The- and a, a lot of way like um, that's Tom Browning's kind of uh, blank check. You know, like yeah. he goes off to he does Dracula, biggest horror film ever. He goes off to do his own horror film, and it completely bombs and freaks people out, and it's a it's a stunning film that is hard to watch even now i think is the best way to put it um so he was out at, at universal and and um they end up kind of bouncing around to kind of find people to kind of take on the project and it ends up being with james whale james whale is um is an english guy uh he's from dudley <laughs> which he's is like- which is just round the corner <laughs> Well for you. Um wow. he um working class guy, which he actually hid in Hollywood and he hid in British society, um after serving in World War One, which is um pretty imp- so and that's the kind of thing when I would think about all these directors coming in the thirties that they served in like the most horrific period of like humanity, you know, They're serving in like the trenches in, in, in World War One, is just insanity that they'd lived their life with. But, um well
0: they've lived through the worst horrors imaginable you <laughs> yeah know, i just you know.
1: um so um like with dracula basically they look to adapt a stage play version of frankenstein so they end up finding this play that's called frankenstein no yeah frankenstein an adventure in the macabre macabre <laughs> uh <laughs> which is written by someone called peggy webling um and it's a, like it was an ad- adaptation of like um adaptation for the stage again which had minimal sets it had a very strict kind of like a story nothing like the mary shelley film um book as well like uh and it's also like as i said as i was saying like the peggy webling play is the first one to kind of name the monster act after its creator it's quite explicitly calls him frankenstein the monster in it um which had like falls into the films a little bit as well and james whale he was um He's directing stuff in in England. He was directing stage plays. He then took a film over called Journey's End to America, which was incredibly successful. And then for Universal, he did another one called Waterloo Bridge. They're both kind of melodramas based around the war. And there was a screenwriter called Francis Edward Fowler that they they push in, basically, to kind of set the team up. James Whale, in this, I would say, was kind of a hired gun, more than anything. Um, Mm -hmm. But I would argue that James Whale is probably one of the earliest kind of auteurs we get working in horror i think you can really see his work creep through the stuff that he does and really notice it being like elements of him in this studio system as well uh james whale he brings on colin clive who ends up being uh frankenstein um he was in all of uh james Whale's films as leading man he was um uh like James World well loved him because he said he could get some sort of authentic truth out of this kind of character of Frankenstein. And I think he's good on screen. I actually think he's really good in both the films. Colin Clive only appears in the first two um, movies and he doesn't do any right. of the further franchises because sadly he dies of alcoholism basically six years I after um, these films. Uh, so, yeah, they start trying to cast like the monster then. They've got their like, leading stuff and the first people they look at is Bella. Um Bella is, you know, huge from 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 um, Dracula. He's there like he's Universal's man. Um Bella actually doesn't Be- Bella actually originally gets hired to play Frankenstein, not the monster. Um and it's Carl Lemney who says, like, no, we can't have like our leading man playing him. We need to him, we need him as a monster, you know. Like that's like the the picture on the poster, really. Um and uh uh, yeah it's it's very confusing what actually happens um it's there's there's rumors that like it bella's the one that walks away and there's rumors that he gets fired as well i don't know what you you know about that like
0: all i know is that i think he wants to play the the monster blind or something like that which i don't know if that's where the staggering around kind of <laughs> comes that's, from in the before the original that's
1: movie. much later like,
0: <laughs> but I know, I know, like, well, I know he plays him later on. Yeah, he, like he eventually gets to play him. But I think that was his, one of his original ideas was that he wanted to play him blind
1: in the He's, original um, version that he was. He definitely wanted. To, uh, yeah, he wants um, to put
0: more humanity into the character. I think, and I think the original then the one director wants to strip him back and make him more animalistic, kind of like just a murderer. And then I think when Boris Karloff came in and. Um, uh What's his name? Came to direct it, uh, Whale. I think they put the more humanity back into the monster. I think that's what
1: that's Whale, what yeah. Though. Whale definitely put putting a lot more kind of sensitivity in the kind of script, and yeah, yeah. he hired a number of like screenwriters to adapt it. Um, and yeah, Bella is just he's like the the quote that you say, like, um, that like. Lugosi did like all this test makeup and they put him in all the kind of like costuming and apparently Lemley Jr. The producer said he laughed like a hyena when he saw it. Um, And uh, he's like just said he looked ridiculous. And the quote that that's always quoted (laughs) about Bella is it said I was a star in my country. I would not be a scarecrow over here and said that he stormed out basically and they were left to have to find someone else. Again, other people say he was fired and there was arguments about creative differences. It's you know, we'll never know. But um they ended up falling down to play um for Boris Karloff, who Boris Karloff is an absolute fucking legend. <laughs> like <laughs> um bo- born in London, actually, I'm gonna be staying like next week I'm gonna be staying like, I don't know, street over from where he was born, so I might go and find his like blue plaque that he's got on the wall. Like um but um Karloff's an interesting figure when it comes to like like film because this was his eighty-first film at this point. That's um, nuts! In thirty-three, no,
0: thirty-one.
1: It's nuts. Nineteen thirty-one. Uh, he was never ever the starring role. He'd never got his name above the title or anything like that. Um, he'd basically well, he didn't even on
0: this one, did he? You got a question mark? <laughs>
1: yeah, he did. <laughs> and then, it, and then, like. He'd basically his ancestry. He's got two parents that both have Indian ancestry to them, so he's he's a bit darker skinned and has kind of like what you know they would have considered like foreign features basically to him. So his and whole career in Hollywood
0: the and stuff like that, and
1: yeah, totally. That's why he plays like yeah those kind of characters. Yeah. But his whole career up to this point was playing those type of characters in films. It was playing like foreigners and like Arabs and Indians and stuff like that. Like, um, and when he took this job, I don't think he thought anything about it. Like he was basically obscure struggling, but he's really like, if you see him in interviews and you talk to him, he's really like, he's a learned guy. You know, he's really sensitive, learned, quietly spoken, really thoughtful. He's really, really great interview to listen to. And he, and, um, he takes this, just takes this on, (laughs) you know, like in, in a way that I, I think is a benefit to the film. Um, like, he's... like
0: watching these two films, his face is amazing, especially in the first one. His face is amazing, and yeah. I couldn't work out what was going on with his face. And then the second one I was like, it didn't, it didn't look the same. And I couldn't work out what was the difference between the first and the second one. And obviously, he's got more dialogue in. He's, well, he actually speaks in the. He second does speak one. in the and second then, one, yeah. And Which and is against Bella's.
1: Gone... I mean, against um, Carlos wishes. He so I he read went...
0: that he had dentures. And so, basically, mm-hmm. he took them out for the first one, and that's why he's got the sunken cheeks. Yeah, that's and right. And in the second one, he's got a more fuller, fatter face because he's got his teeth. He in, needs to he talk. Has to speak. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: But he says, like, he goes, like, the monster turned out to be my best friend. Like, he said he changed my whole course of my life. I was obscure, struggling actor, and then all of a sudden I get this opportunity handed to me with all the help and assistance I could ever ask for, and my career hasn't stopped thing- since, like... This is an interview, like, in the, um, in the 60s, and he says, this is 32 years later, and you're asking me about him, about the monster. Like, who could ask anything better than that? Like, he's an absolute credit to, like horror films monster films you know like he he takes on this role which is almost thankless really a silent role when you're covered in makeup um you didn't think you'd get much from it and i think like he becomes an icon of a way that is rare in films really uh that doesn't happen so much anyway like the kind of iconic look of him that everyone who's never even seen this film knows who that is
0: just fantastic, like iconic characters. I and mean, it's amazing. Like the one thing I like as well from what you're saying is like, it's it's always a shame when an actor kind of thinks they're better than, like, some of their most popular characters, and or they kind of get annoyed that they're kind of constantly like. I think like Adam West originally like kind of got upset that he was constantly you always called Batman, Batman, and Batman. Right. And then until it got to probably he's in his sixties or seventies, he's like, well. I may as well just embrace it now. It's like it's a shame you didn't just embrace it throughout, you know what I mean? Like, you know, yeah. that's that's the role that kind of put you where you are.
1: Well, like the kind of legacy of both these characters, like Bella and um and Boris, is that one comes across to us as like um I don't know, just one comes across to us as like an absolute mensch, you know, like the that people talk about in the greatest words, and the other one comes across as like petty. It's a bit of a diva. And, yeah. <laughs> And that's just how true that is. It doesn't actually matter. That's just what, like, that has been fossilised in time now. is That's what happened yeah, in mean, it.
0: Like, I don't know if Edward helps with that. Do you know what I mean? They kind of show sure. what, it's. you know, obviously that film is kind of, I mean, it's made to be like a, it's not a true-to-life biopic, is it? It's kind of made to yeah. be as if it was a
1: 50s. Made to be heightened, and, yeah. Yeah,
0: you know, it's an Edward film starring about Edward.
1: And, um, and about how he saw the world as well.
0: Has there ever been any fictional films with Boris Karloff as a character?
1: Good question. I'm not sure actually. Maybe uh, we should write he back. does turn up <laughs> in um, he turns up in Gods and Monsters, which is about James Whale. Ah, yeah, yes, um, yes, because yes, but um, yeah, so it, yeah. He's, they basically yeah they get him into the chair and it's Jack Pierce that we have to kind of shout out who is Universal's makeup artist who did all of them. Every single universal picture, he was the one who invented the monster. So he'd done Dracula and now this was his next one. And um, Pierce spent like three months researching how the monster's going to look and he, you know, all, all the stuff for the time, he looked at surgery and criminology and burial customs and anatomy and medicine and electrodynamics and he looked at like criminal history. They got this obsession with like, you know, head shapes and stuff like that, criminals and brain shapes and stuff like that. So he, he did all this research before kind of coming in to do the process. And that makeup process to Carl took something like five hours every day, and then two hours to take it off afterwards. <laughs> um, they basically the biggest thing they did is reshaping his skull with like layers of like um, collodion and cotton, like and then covering it in like a grease paint with like then purple shadows and green shadows and I mean, and then clip on net bolts and staples and yeah, his forehead especially, like yeah. I tell you what. Um,
0: the the one thing I loved about this film was normally whenever you see like you know like how I was saying that these are characters that you just they're just in the cultural zeitgeist or yeah you know, you know what they look like you, you you don't even have to see in the film but like the design of the monster you know you know you have, you've got the monsters he looks like Herman Munster <laughs> sure you got Lurch Lurch in the Adams family yeah um, you know there's con- cartoons and you know the Scooby Doo and yeah. even the Ninja Turtles did action figures where I think Raphael was the uh was the monster and stuff like that. And um
1: Yeah, even like Seven Soldiers did... of Victory in DC that was from a few years ago. Yeah, totally. Remember, or though, even like...
0: Solomon Grundy, I guess, to a point. Yeah, as well, yeah, yeah, to a degree, yeah. Yeah. Um you know, they always draw him as this massive, huge hench figure. Yeah. And if you watch the film, he's kind of He's not that big.
1: Boris Karloff is not as well. If you see him out of costume, he is not a big guy.
0: You know, he's he's kind of a bit broad-shouldered, but his arms look really long, like they're almost down further than they should be, like they're down to his knees or something. Like he looks like a guy that's been stitched together. Like he's kind of got oddly shaped. Like he's probably got body parts that aren't fitting. Do you know what I mean? Like they're not the correct body part for that. Yeah, yeah, that's the
1: point. Yeah, totally.
0: And, uh, you know, his hands look a bit thin, maybe even a bit feminine or delicate and compared to, like, his massive, huge forehead that they've had to cut open to ram this brain in and stuff like that. And and it just surprised me, like, you know, I've seen images of him, but I've never actually seen it properly in motion in film. And it was just interesting to see how it's gone from this this version of it to what we kind of, in our heads, we (laughs) see him looking like in these, like, cartoons and comics and all you know other versions like
1: monsters and stuff like that which I even like uh, basically like even pierce's own words is he says like i figured like frankenstein isn't really a surgeon so he would just kind of the, the simplest way would cut the top of the skull off he, he describes it like a pot lid um yeah, pop the brain staved. and then then clamp it back on with staples and that's just what he goes for in the costume you know um and okay. i didn't it wasn't until watching it this time that I realised Those big staples along the forehead as well Because as you say that actually isn't In most of the depictions of him Yeah Th- They normally get rid of that, they just put the big kind yeah, of box Brain on
0: Yeah or it's like sewn on or something yeah. like that and, You know I've, anima- I've animated Many music video before and stuff like that And you know like, again I hadn't seen it until <laughs> Until today
1: but yeah, Karloff's performance—the the makeup does a lot, as you say. You know, the big platform shoes he's wearing, the weird coat that makes it look like different body parts aren't really fitting on him, and stuff like that. But
0: like those, those boots of like, you know, like I said, like with every other feature, they've like now if if someone's playing Frankenstein, those boots are like Spice Girl height <laughs> kind of shoes. Do you know what I mean? Like ridiculously yeah. big and beefy, and it's like, come on, guys. But But I um, think it's just like with anything, like everything, just kind of gets. I think, I think, even in the second one, he kind of looks a bit bigger, and they kind of they've they've overdone it. They
1: massively change and improve the well. Improve is up to you, but like the makeup for it, yeah. Um, The one
0: thing I loved in the second one, if we can just talk about it quickly, is that um, they have like burn scars, especially on his arms and stuff. Mm. And I think, I think. I don't know about it. it. Looked to me as if they kind of like throughout the film. It kind of like is healing a little bit, or you oh, know, right, and yeah. And he doesn't even have hair on the top of his head as much. It's kind of like burnt off a bit from the you know the fire and the windmill,
1: the multiple fires he gets trapped in continuously. Yeah. Like it's quite. They they didn't plan to do a sequel at all as well, and like um they changed the ending. Well. They didn't plan to make a sequel when they were filming it, but Universal quite quickly decided to do a sequel, and actually they made them change the ending to make Henry survive. Uh, um, well, I don't know how thrown you would survive.
0: The, the way he lands on that blooming <laughs> propeller, <laughs> and then he just flumps to the floor. I'm sorry, you, you're not surviving that. <laughs> but they, I do but, like they kind of do a bit of a bait and switch at the beginning of the fir- of the second one. Because obviously you watch the first one, and then you know you know he's alive, and then the old man has a little toast to a
1: future child or whatever. <laughs> that and then, old his father, Baron Frankenstein. Yeah, and then the, the massive like one. campy kind of like comic relief in the first one.
0: And then he's not even in the second one, is he?
1: No, he's not at all. Which
0: is totally like, um, yeah. And in the second one, there like the first like five minutes, you think he's dead. Yeah. And then they kind of. Do a little bait and switch on
1: you. You get Minnie. Stop. Is it Minnie they call her? Um, great actress, great Irish actress who does like she's doing the "It's Alive" line uh, right at the beginning. Really campy. It's alive. <laughs> like to yeah. Like, she's like the
0: the handmaiden to the yeah yeah
1: yeah. Is, they um, had to
0: recast her, the, the the wife, didn't they?
1: Yeah, for, so I think for she got Ill or unspecified like illness.
0: Oh, okay.
1: I don't know what that meant. <laughs> I can't. I couldn't find any more information about, about that. But it's also, kind of you like don't,
0: the Hunchback is not called, uh, isn't it? Igor? No, what's the?
1: Yeah, Igor. Eagle. Eagle. Uh, we'll talk Eagle. Yeah, about this is... the. We'll talk about the the franchise after Bride as well, because that gets mad, okay. honestly. Um, and that's when Igor becomes a character. It's so much okay. th- that we think about Frankenstein comes from the later films as well. But anyway, I think like, Young
0: Frankenstein has tainted my mind a bit. lock so I've,
1: I've seen that. Film. Well, a lot of Young Frankenstein is based on the sequels as well. Right, okay. that's the thing. Um, so I think that's why everyone obviously has seen that probably more than they've watched like Son of Frankenstein or Ghost of Frankenstein. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I was saying, like Shelley's monster is kind of a lot different. Like this film isn't adaptation of Shelley at all and the only thing I can really remind you and remind myself about Shelley's monster is is really he becomes educated, he learns, learns the languages and he basically talks, lengthy lengthy talks with like um, Frankenstein about social issues and stuff he goes into like in-depth commentary on like issues of the day and things with Victor um, it's basically like Mary Shelley is kind of like giving her own commentary through the book really Um, Which fair play to her, like women didn't get to give social commentary that often. Um, But like that monster is not present in the first film in the slightest. It isn't really, it's not even present in the second film. They kind of like the whole kind of like childlike innocence of the character and just like almost like a child is trapped inside like this kind of huge body is a product of like whale and a product of like of, of Karloff as well. And even like, um, that kind of his performance, he was just considered like the monster hire, as you say, like you got a question mark on the, um, billing and Universal didn't even think about him to, to the point, they didn't even invite him to the premiere. Um, they just forgot about him really. <laughs> and to the point, like in the second film, you'll notice that he's billed above the title. That's how much like this changes. Between yeah, those two films, span
0: of a few years, yeah, he's,
1: he's now a um, headliner. And that sympathetic core—they kind of pushed him, and heartfelt response from like the audience, I think, was a bit of a surprise to to the studio. Really, and I don't think it was a surprise to Whale. I think Whale knew exactly what he was doing. <laughs> but even like, uh, there's weird stuff in like the the original scripts and stuff like that that kind of. There's that bit where um, you know Frankenstein has the assistant Fritz in the first one.
0: Yeah
1: yeah. And he steals that brain for the doctor's creation but then drops it he drops the normal brain and then takes like the the criminal brain instead. Criminal brain. Yeah yeah. Yeah and it's just like um I like it cuz it makes like Henry seem less of like this genius and more just like a kind of mad scientist like oh, yeah. with this bumbling assistant really. But um I like it because because they put, they, they explicitly put a criminal brain in it and then the monster himself is explicitly not criminal. Like it's it's almost saying that like this idea about like the cliche of like an evil brain doesn't actually exist, uh, which is contrary to kind of like what everyone's saying in the film because he only kills himself in self-defense or when he's accidentally threatened, you know, when he's, you got um, Fritz waving the Fire at him constantly when he's like uh, chained well, in the like, dungeon. They're
0: like torturing him in there, like to yeah. sit down and you know, like kind of, and like you know when he kills the young girl, he's it's in play and it's like he's just he's just picking yeah. up to throw her in the water, you know. Like I don't know if because I don't know if anything was cut from that or something, but when he throws her in the water,
1: yeah, it was just kind of
0: all of a sudden she's she's dead. And I'm like, hang on a minute. Like, well, a bit actually, bitter. no, she you would have sw-
1: watched the the full the full one but actually yeah. it was cut originally um what it, what
0: did they cut out then
1: it's really weird they basically thought the idea of killing a kid was too much and so they didn't want to show it on film so basically they cut at the point when the monster lurches towards the kid and then they cut to the father of the kid carrying the body through the town That's Um, even worse. (laughs) It is even worse, yeah. If you watch it without actually just seeing what the monster does, you basically think, well, did the monster rape her? Did the monster kill her? Did the, like, you know, like it leaves it just a big hole in your head of of what happened. Um, Where actually, as you say, what really happens is he just chucks the kid in the lake and the the kid can't swim. And it's just kind of a little clumsily filmed. Um, Yeah, yeah. But meant to just be this kind of complete accident. Of the monster can, just being, like, just, you know, an accident, really.
0: I can understand, though, back in, like, 31 when they made this film, though, that if they were to throw a child in the water and then have her, like, panicking, like, I can't swim and yeah. showing her drown, yeah. would probably be a bit much. Because these are films that I'm assu- I'm assuming, like, R-rated films and that didn't exist. So these are films that you know, pretty much anyone can go and watch, I assume, I don't know.
1: Well, that's the, yeah, that's the next side of it, actually, really. Just to, to complete that thought, it took 50 years to put that frame back into the film, by wow. the way. Wow. Of, of the, actually the kid falling in the lake. Um, This is how long these things take when they get cut. You
0: yeah, know? I think, you know, rem- like you saying, removing things like that can raise even more questions and <laughs> make it even seem more sinister than it actually was. Because, you know, he's li- he's literally throwing, is it breadcrumbs out with... No, it's not. It's, it's days. Little flowers, it's flowers, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Making little flowers. flower boats. Yeah. Yeah, with the the girl, and he kind of just gets too excited, and and then like you know, I, I can't remember. Um, the two films are going to start to blend together for me now. Sure. But like like uh, whenever he's trying to encounter a human, like another person, they're obviously they're hostile to him first, which just makes him lash makes out him straight hostile. away. Yeah. And because they're so short, these films, like i was saying, the film the scenes don't really have much space to breathe that they're kind of like you were saying they're very in and out they kind of just very perfunctory and kind of Mm. get what they do what they need to do very quickly so you know it goes from like him walking up to a bunch of people cooking like a chicken on a spit roast or whatever and I think he just wants to sit with them and have some chicken. <laughs> but they're like, "Oh!" So he goes, ah and then uh, that's the end uh, of the scene, really. <laughs> like whereas if they were just like the old man in the cabin, he's like, Oh, sit down, friend. He'd I love the second down.
1: one. I love I love the second one so much. Um, smoke, I love smoke, it's, it's good. <laughs> I love how he's just in wandering through the forest, uh just trying to find someone. I think it's so be I love I think it's beautiful. I love how, I love what they do in the second film. Um You just made me think about 20 things, but like the first one is like, I think the fact that what you're saying is how he reacts to people is this rejection of actually what the plot's saying. The plot's saying that he's got a criminal brain and therefore he's a murderer, but actually when you watch the film and what James Whale is saying that this is a product of nature... Uh, sorry, this is a project of nurture, not nature. Yeah, like, yeah. he's being treated badly by the society who hates him, and he's lashing out because of that, and he can't help himself because he's a big fucking monster, and when he lashes out, he causes pain. And I think that's really key to those films working for people as well. Uh, the, like, um, the other thing that happens in between the two films, uh, you were asking about R-rating, is the Hayes Code comes in. So the first film is before the Hays Code and the th- second film is after the Hays Code. And the Hays Code is this start of like uh, decency, ratings, MP- MPCC, blah, 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 uh, for like um, film, basically. Uh, it was it was a response basically to the religious right moaning about like, you know, oh, these the the indecent films that are coming out and stuff. Liking Um, himself
0: to god and stuff like that
1: yeah yeah yeah, that was actually a big problem in the first film and actually in one of the cuts for the first film when um henry goes in the name of god now i know what it feels like to be god uh that track was actually deleted and covered with thunder instead so it's him talking but it's just like a big thunderous noise that people can't hear what he's saying uh that was later and changed to it because of the haze code so like um with um and because of like the scene that's why you've got that weird intro, of the first film as well, you get that the actor come out, uh, Edward Van Sloan, um, who gives a little speech about like uh, um Mr you know, Mr. Lemney would, would be rather upset if you were gonna watch this film without knowing that it's got these themes in it. Uh which was all because they were scared of the religious groups petitioning the film and like trying to get rid of the film. Um, the Hayes, we'll go into the Hayes Code properly, I think, when we actually start attacking in the thirties. But, 30s, um, yeah, okay. but like it does just kind of crack down on like what was actually kind of expressions of freedom and and like and storytelling in these twenties and early thirties movies, and it's quite explicitly how different films become when they get cracked down on by the Hayes Code that comes in around the thirty-five and stuff like that. And, uh, it sounds like the, uh, the
0: comic the comic book code that they kind of thing, created yeah. And uh, what was that, the seduction of the innocent and all that Yeah, kind of yeah, stuff. yeah It sounds like well, All
1: related um, The big thing that we should probably say And this is kind of like related to the Hayes Code Is that um, you get a change in attitude in Hollywood as well And before the Hayes Code, after the Hayes Code You get a big change in how people present themselves as people And James Whale was openly gay in Hollywood uh, incredibly rare uh, at the time, but more rare after the Hays Code comes in. It becomes a thing that like it becomes much more shameful to be kind of openly queer because the Hays Code are, are looking for people who would be like subversive elements, you know, to like making films and stuff like that so before the Hayes Code you get a lot more kind of openly queer people in Hollywood and then after the Hays Code it does start up being kind of clamping up and people going in closeted with fake marriages and all the rest of it um, I, don't and,
0: how, I don't know how like, someone like James Well if you're out of the closet how you, you can't really go back in <laughs> you no
1: and he was quite he was you know he was a, an Ian McKellen of his time <laughs> hey was a <laughs> uh, gay director that's okay, yeah, he was out. He was quite happily out. He lived with his partner for um, up until the fifties. Uh, David, um, who was the, one of the producers, he was the guy who actually introduced um, Boris Karloff to James Whale. Um, okay. t- to to kind of cast him because he'd seen him in something else. Uh, the main actor. Uh, the, these films are basically just full of gay actors. That's the other thing about it, um, because James James Whale knew them all. So like the gu- Victor, Victor Victor the guy who plays Victor Frankenstein um Colin Clive he was gay but he was closeted or bisexual he was closeted that that kind of led to his drinking or it probably led to him dying really young and then especially in Bride of Frankenstein uh the Dr Pretorius who is played by um Ernest Thesiger he was quite mm-hmm. a fa- like again a quite openly kind of gay actor from England and who specialized in that needlepoint it just that uh, he was like a brilliant needle pointer or something okay. embroider so basically offset he would after after filming these scenes he would just sit in the corner of the set doing his needle point which <laughs> is because there's such an element of like queerness to these films and especially a bride bride is an incredibly queer film and i think that's mainly because whereas the first film i think whale is making is like a four hire he doesn't want to do the second film. He has no interest in coming back and do the second film. Um, it takes a few years for them to get off the ground to even do it. Um, and he turns it down repeatedly throughout those years, even though he's still working for Universal. Um, yeah, he
0: did Invisible Man and stuff, didn't
1: he? And- yeah, he did Invisible Man, which is wonderful. He does The Old Dark House, which I think we'll actually watch because it's meant to be a brilliant like um, horror <laughs> film. Um, and... He eventually gets talked into coming back and doing bride and the only reason he comes back and does it if he he goes can i have creative control and can i hire the screenwriters you know can i make this my film and they just give him everything because he, by that point as i said he was an all of horror like that that the um sets the look of those films the expressionism for like german expressionism stuff Yeah, i was like, gonna
0: say like especially like you know the um his like laboratory kind of set and then kind of like just those kind of like hilltop sets like the kind of the you know like like not rear i think some of the um, uh, second one definitely i think it's got some rear projection like of the 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 water the fountain and stuff not the fountain the waterfall and stuff yeah and um but yeah like um like the the thin tree like just all the the way the trees of like you know just they're kind of like thin and rat like cylindrical there's no like branches like coming off of them and stuff like that it's just kind of very simplistic and yeah it looks fantastic
1: and um he's like um the one thing that i noticed is uh awesome wells gets praised a lot for showing the roof of sets in um citizen kane uh mm-hmm. because You never show the roof of sets. Like, why do you boot a roof? But it's in this as well. Both of these films. They show the roofs of these sets and stuff like that. They show the full thing. These are like gigantic, impressive sets that he does this wonderful thing of um of he does two things that I keep noticing in in his films, because I watched another James Well as well. He does like um cutting of the same shot when it zooms in. So when you first see the monster, it instead of like doing that 30 degree change, it cuts like quite close, bum bum into like the monster's face, basically. It makes you kind of notice that cut rather than just it cutting like a film. And also like they do it a lot in Frankenstein's like home, stately home, passing through walls as well of the set to f- follow mm-hmm. characters walking around. And I just thought like those kind of like camera moves and those kind of like choices... Are seem really thoughtful and really unique in, and like almost kind of a bit more a bit more kind of um, kinetic than you get from a lot of like 30s films um, I don't know I'm quite impressed by James Whale <laughs> like, basically
0: I think definitely in the second one there's definitely a lot more setups within sh- within scenes and stuff like that but like um, but just like the the monster's reveal is fantastic like how he's kind of almost silhouetted at first
1: yeah, for a long time. And yeah, then,
0: and then he kind of cut to those like close-ups. Then like it's like just literally like there he is. <laughs> yeah, your
1: yeah, monster. there he is. I think like I guess what I'm trying to get at with Whale is I think the film's a camp, and like oh, it's not definitely. a term that we had in the '30s, but I think he's inventing camp. Like I think almost. the second,
0: the second one definitely. Yeah. I mean the first, the second one, especially when you see the bride and like you know she's kind of got like that. Like Pharaoh, kind of like Marge Simpson, like kind of
1: yeah, like Nef- 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 the kind of yeah, like that's the thing, yeah. yeah.
0: You know, with the white kind of, you know, it's very drag queeny, like kind of
1: yeah. Well, that reveal, Doctor, B- cuts to Doctor Pretorius, who just goes, "Ladies and gentlemen, the bride of Frankenstein," in the campus <laughs> like introduction thing. Absolutely, just not. Hiding it at all, like that, he's playing that character. He's playing that character, gay, like he is, um, and that's like, it's 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 why, like, um, kind of historians or queer, like, kind of film people have got a bit obsessed with Bride over the years because you're you're looking at code. Era films and they're not saying what they're doing, but they're giving you all the clues. And I think that's the point of it. Like James Whale's making a queer film; it's full of queer actors. He's got this film that's about two men making a child, basically, like, um, and <laughs> that going against the, the the laws of like Christ and the laws of God. And more more exclusively, and I think this is the why Whale like making these films is the monster himself is just like. This character that can't help who he is born as, and he's hated by the people around him, and lashes out in anger because of it. And I think this is a that's a commentary of like Wales' life, or his friends, or what he saw in that communities in the, in growing up and stuff. I think he he is putting these personal elements into a film that's like maybe on first look you wouldn't think would have personal elements to it. And I think that's well, what I think- really really puts Bride up there for me.
0: You, could, you can definitely put a lot of that subtext on a lot of these, like Universal monster films, like, you know, the wolf man, he's uh, somebody else by day, somebody else by night. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of, with these <laughs> characters, there's a lot of things you can kind of put on them and kind of, you know, get, get from them, I think.
1: Yeah, I um, mean, it's that, you know, feeling alone in the world, you're shunned by humanity, but exactly, also... Yeah. But also rejected by your peers, which I think is what's really interesting about the bride at the end, is she's the one person that should understand him and he, she still rejects him as well. There's that rejection of your peers element that I think really speaks to Whale. I mean he was he was living out outwardly at a time when even his partner wasn't out. Like it's it's I think it's and end eventually what leads way to space he stop making films? It's a bit more complicated than that, but it like it he does fall out of favor because he's quite proud about who he is at a time when he's not meant to be <laughs>
0: right like just taking the film on face value though and not not looking into subtext and stuff like that. Sure. like I was kind of like quite shocked of how little the bride was actually in the film. It's oh, it's just, insane, <laughs> isn't it? It's the, yeah. it's the final five minutes of the film. I was thinking they we were gonna like. Almost first two minutes the first film <laughs> i thought they were going to remake the first film and just with a, a female one basically and then you know and um i was quite surprised that they actually did a proper sequel that kind of took all the elements from the first one yeah and kind of built on it and i was genuinely quite surprised they were going to do that because i don't know what some of the early examples of sequels were like actual like continuations of a first film I don't know if this is one of the earlier ones. I'm sure there's probably ones before this, but um
1: I'm sure there is, but I you're picking up on why I think you can label whale as an altaire. Like when he yeah. takes over this, he's he properly thinks about what the sequel first would one be. And thinks, yeah.
0: like, How can I build upon this? And like like and then going to the end, like it's five minutes like you don't like she rejects rejects him straight away, but like again if they were to make this film now, there'd be that would be a, a lot mm-hmm. That'd be stretched out, and there'd be more to it, I think. But like, it's it's literally just done within five minutes. It's. Um, I think
1: it's. She has like the last ten minutes of the film. I think is when she's introduced. I don't. I think maybe, it's less like, than that honestly. Start, I mean, I meant like actually the start of the process. Oh, the, the,
0: like, yeah, when she's like raised up in the sky with yeah. fights and stuff. Um, which um, is
1: insane because as you, the weird thing again is the bride's um costume is so ridiculously iconic. Um, for a character oh, yeah. that only exists in this film for five minutes, like <laughs> that's she, she kind that's of reminded
0: w- me a bit of um, the main character in *A head as well, with the, kind of the hair, <laughs> with the hair. It's, um, and I'm sure he was influenced by these kind of these films when he was growing up. Lynch, I'm sure.
1: Oh, definitely. Uh, like, yeah. I mean, you you see, like Del Toro is the one that talks about oh, Frankenstein yeah. a lot. Like um I read a lot of his little essays about Frankenstein. <laughs> um but it's yeah, it's it's I think that's just I, I th- yeah, I just think I don't know what I'm saying, I've got caught in a loop. <laughs> 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 yeah. I think um basically Lewis was his partner, that like he, he, he always says that like he was an artist, like he and he he was a work of an artist and really thoughtful about what he's doing, and I think you can tell that. In, in in it. And I think Bride is such a bigger and weirder movie because of that. Like the bit with Pretorius when he has all those little homonuc homo- homo- Like the king and queen and the and stuff like that in a jar and things and he's introducing you to them. It's so um it's so weird and and different and like, I I'd love it. Like
0: That kinda of reminded me a bit of Jurassic Park, not the film but the book. Because oh, apparently great. John Hammond has like a little miniature elephant that he has in a jar.
1: Yeah, I forgot about and I wonder, that.
0: And I wonder if they kind of took that from. If quite
1: and took it from this. From this or something? Yeah, that's yeah.
0: that's what I was wondering about. And apparently, hang on, let me just look this up quickly. But um, there was a famous uh, small actor who was in that scene, I think. So yeah, Billy Barty is one of the small people in the uh, the jars. Okay. And Billy Barty was a famous small person actor, and he played Gwildor in um, in uh, Master of the Universe. Oh and he right, was also okay. Bil- he was also Bilbo Baggins and Samwise Gamgee for the rotoscope footage in. Oh, uh, for the rotoscope. <laughs> yeah, for the B- Ralph Bashky, uh, uh Lord of the Rings. <laughs> But he's been, he's Who got was, he a a he was he in this? He was in one of the jars, but I think he t- some at? of his some of his shots were cut out. But he was a little boy or something that was in one of the jars.
1: Oh, uh, okay. Because so I was going to say they're just full grown adults. They're not actually small. that's <laughs> so was confused No, by.
0: apparently there's like a, a gr- brief shot of him, but it's his most of his performance was cut out of the film. Uh, okay. It's like I thought that the bride eventually was going to become was gonna be uh, Henry Frankenstein's wife. I thought that's what they were going to do. They were going to kill her and use her as the mm. body. That's what I thought they were going to do. I think if they were to do that nowadays, they would have used this. But I think I'm pretty sure in the book, the original book, they do make a female. But they kill her remember. before she ever becomes alive, I'm pretty sure. So they took some elements from the original book in the second one as well. For this for there's this definitely film. changes and
1: to the ending of the film that is actually a bit difficult to unravel um the there is suggestion that pretorius did kill elizabeth and use her heart in the bride and that's meant to be in the film and i've read people saying that this was whale's intention or it whale took it out at the last minute it's hard to you know it's hard to get like an understanding of what it is
0: well, they definitely wouldn't have used the body, I don't think, because obviously... It's no, a no, act, it's about the heart, start. And yeah. And I think the actress Elsa Lan- Lanchester, she also plays um, Mary Shelley at the beginning of the Mary film. Shelley at the beginning, yeah. yeah. And also she's married to... Here we go. She was married to Charles Lawton, who directed yeah, yeah. Night of the Hunter. <laughs> so yeah, gave totally. To, you
1: know. um, another gay actor in that time of Hollywood. That's the... Thing. yeah. <laughs> And, and uh, also, the,
0: that film was like filled with fantastic imagery, which I could kind of picture yeah. with this film. You know, like put kind of all the woodland scenes and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Like all the expressionism and German expressionism and stuff like that used in that film.
1: Yeah, if all went on and was still making films in the sixties and stuff like that, mm-hmm. what what would he would be, that become or something? Like, yeah. The the other thing about the ending of the Bride as well is that if you actually notice, uh, Frankenstein is in the lab when it blows up at the end, and. The, that's an insert yeah. <laughs> shot of him outside with, with his wife so I get the feeling the original ending was
0: oh, Elizabeth's yeah, was, heart
1: but... in the bride and then he yeah. couldn't leave her because that was his wife as well and that's part of that rejection I and mean, that's why he stays in the lab I, get, I just get a feeling that's probably what was written but I, for I, me I, I think I that would have I been think.
0: a more satisfying ending it seems to be a studio than... note Rather than the monster just going, "Oh, you can go," even though you were completely utter shit to me <laughs> yeah, in the first yeah. film, <laughs> you know, you've pretty much ignored me throughout this whole. Segment. Henry doesn't also, deserve to be saved. How convenient was it that when he's being chased by the mob, he ends up in the like the morgue or whatever or wherever he's, and it's the same morgue that
1: <laughs> in the crypt
0: that the crypt that uh, Frankenstein and uh, Pretorius... End up in as well at the same time. It's broken. I
1: fucking love that Pretorius decides to have a lunch in the crypt. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like prancing around, now, you out know, his sandwiches in this morgue. I'm like, over the crypt, and like, what what are you doing, <laughs> Pretorius, you crazy I... weirdo? It's
0: made me want, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, I, I want to see a John Walters, uh, <laughs> Universal monster film. Honestly, I'd, I
1: think that'd be so that'd good. would be so good. It would. I think, like, and like, it It kind of came out, like, obviously, as I was saying, Whale was quite openly gay in the 30s, but it did get hit, hidden up until, like, the kind of 60s, 70s when people started coming out. And that's when people started kind of like reappreciating or re looking at his work. It's kind of funny that I will just, just for like balance, uh, people who did know Whale have rejected the, some of the queer readings of this um, but if I'm like Lewis who was his partner is he's, he's one of the people who said that he would never put gay elements into a film kind of thing but like um, I think I sometimes
0: think... those things just naturally come out do you know what I mean well, not exactly you know, just it's just the way you think and the way you are like you know you can't help but kind of put yourself in your films really even if you you trying not to I think sometimes you know it just happens
1: I think the problem yeah. is is that there's, there, I think there's a bias of negativity about saying that to to maybe some of Wales's contemporaries, um like people like George Culker and stuff, people who did hide their sexuality. I think they would have thought it was a bit um uncouth to be kind of putting in at like these elements into your film. And I think that's actually what I read when I read his contemporaries protecting right. him. And I think like what they're not understanding is what we're saying and what people are saying is actually this is this is him being an artist. This isn't him undercutting his work. This is actually him being something fantastic with his art. And there's no there's no shame in him kind of writing about himself and putting him like his thoughts into this kind of stuff. You know, like I think that I think that's what I read when I read the people defending him and it is really defending him like he wouldn't put queer elements in I'm like uh, you... <laughs> like it's just like it's him why wouldn't he write about himself like I'm sure he did I've identified with the monster I'm sure he did like because he makes him such a sympathetic character compared to like every other adaptation you know <laughs>
0: You know, like a lot of a lot of directors, like literally have characters in the films that are them. I mean, look at Christopher Nolan, like pretty much all of his characters are him. You know, yeah. look at Inception, it's him. Like, Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. is him. You know, like directors, that's, that's what you do. You, you take what you know and you kind of put it into film and kind of meld it and mold it a little bit. But, you know, it always has yeah. to come from a place of truth and honesty at some point, doesn't it? Otherwise, what's the point?
1: yeah what's the point I'm not saying a non queer filmmaker could have made a film about persecution in the thirties there was a lot of it oh, going on so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like but um, uh but like I just think that those elements are there and I think it works you know like the way that you know even if it's you even if you're doing death for the author and you, even if you have to do that it works in a in a way that he's clearly he's clearly playing with elements that are beyond just I'm making a monster film which i think is a bit rote really when you when you're discussing them
0: right in a in a change of pace i'm just looking at the the poster for the bride of frankenstein and it just says okay, starring yeah. karloff. karloff karloff yeah it's like how you have like Schwarzenegger. like it was just his it wasn't even a full name he was just everyone knew who he was just by his surname at that point
1: it's insane That's how how brief. big he came even like on that poster Carl lemni's name's smaller like um james well's name is smaller C- colin clive and valley hobson their names are much smaller and carloff just yeah, the selling yeah. point really it's so funny that the poster has like the bride on it as you say it's it's and she's not in she's not really an element of the film she's you know she isn't like the main character they don't make the bride at the, the start and then they spend the film together or anything like that which you think it would be
0: yeah but you. Tr- but once you've seen the film it's very hard to think how they would have done that film and it not been total farce. Yeah. Do you know yeah. What yeah, I mean? yeah. Like, I'd, you know, like, what would what are they gonna do? Go on dates? Go to the cinema? I don't <laughs> <know>. <laughs> like what? What would they be doing? I don't know.
1: And that's why I love the little scenes. The hermit is one of the best scenes they did. Um, it, you know, it's. I love teaching him to talk. I know well, Karloff hated it, but I love the little like, you know, he, I can't see you. You'll just be my companion um and will be companions together.
0: Well, he, like even the dialogue in that like is quite suggestive mm-hmm. of what you were talking about about two men living together and stuff yeah. like that and like kind of I mean I may be reading into it but like No,
1: you know. um a lot of people have said that it's quite telling that he, um he uses the same word for the bride and the um hermit. He just calls them friend. There's no separation in the monster's mind of mm-hmm. like Of gender or something like that, or or difference in closeness or something like there is, you know, they're on the same level to the monster of just friend, you know, and I think that's that's key. (laughs) I would say that's in the text.
0: No, but that was I did I I did enjoy that scene. I wanted him to be in the film more, to be honest. Me too. Like we were saying, like you know, everything's kind of very boiled down to its essence.
1: It runs along quite quickly. Um, I mean, I'd, I wish they did destroy his watch. house,
0: though. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, that was that was a bit. Unnecessary. It
1: made me sad. I'm like, oh, he didn't deserve that.
0: Like he said he hasn't seen anyone in many years. I don't know where he gets his wine and bread from, but
1: well, good point. We Maybe still wouldn't would see look.
0: them. <laughs> uh, what about his own? I was hoping it was going to be a, a doobie though when he was smoking. Oh, yeah, so. Smoke
1: many scenes <laughs> of the monster smoking Frankenstein's a...
0: sitting there smoking and even later on when he's with Frank, yeah. when he's with a bit, uh, Henry Frankenstein and stuff and he's just sitting there like power move just sitting there smoking
1: <laughs> it becomes such an important part to the monster's character <laughs> yeah, I do he, think, he likes to smoke
0: <laughs> I do think having him talk kind of takes away from the character a bit but at the same time you've got to it's probably hard for them not to have him to talk because you've got to somehow th- verbalise his wants and needs and
1: I, I think it's... it's really good for Bride. I do. Yeah. Um Yeah, I think it I think it works in a kind of progression that... well, it's
0: nice that he meets that guy and he kinda of, he's the one who's teaching him how to talk, I guess.
1: Yeah, and it's not like he's really talking. He's almost talking like... As you say, he's like a child. He's just like yeah. start found, finding a few words to kind of be able to say. It'd be kind of weird well, if they's... he becomes like Mary Shelley's Frankenstein and just sits down having philosophical conversations about like like society. That might be a bit too much in these films.
0: Yeah, but also he's not green or anything. Like I, I assume like, that the makeup... I think he that... was
1: painted green. Yeah.
0: He was like a yellowy but, green, but not in a lot the, of purple. Um, I know that. In which one? In
1: in actual in costume, they painted him a lot of purples, purples and greens to show up oh, on in black the, and white.
0: In oh, okay, I was gonna say the uh, Robert De Niro one. He's just like flesh coloured, isn't he? He's
1: oh, in of Robert, yeah, isn't he kind of gray I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, boring. I haven't seen that one in so long.
0: It's just boring. Like in that one, I think they suggest more that he's test. Like they think they show him working on dogs and stuff like that i think they just suggest in this one or mentioned that he's like he's tired of working with dead animals and stuff and wants to yeah
1: he says right at the start that he's managed to bring a brain back to life without a body and animals doesn't he yeah and they don't believe him um before kind of getting into, the, I need to test like on a human body. I like that it opens up with them grave robbing in a in a what well, kind of a cool set actually. With like oh, it looks weird.
0: fantastic! But like, then all of a sudden they find the hanged body, and I was thinking, hang on a minute, where's this come from? What's this? Oh yeah, the hanged <laughs>
1: like, body, yeah. Just climb like, up there and it. cut it down. <laughs> yeah.
0: um, and then the second one, like it, like the, he's like he's you know, he wants no part of this anymore. He doesn't take much uh, convincing from the other guy to kind of... It's like, you've made a woman... You want to, you want to make a woman? Or something like that. <laughs> I'm in. I'm, in, I'm and, then, in. and then he's out pretty much straight away again. <laughs> and then I quite he's like how he... He's in again.
1: He, he does get talked about it. Like, he's kind of just goes, I'm I'm done now. I'm not playing with these, uh, like, anti, anti-humanity things. Oh, actually. <laughs> like, <laughs> this... <laughs> Yes, <laughs> you said
0: something that intrigues me.
1: It's to um to kind of talk about like what happens to the franchise after Whale because this is the last one Whale does, and quite interesting actually. First, talk about Whale's career. Um, he ends like this is the weirdest part of his career. The last film he really does that kind of does anything is called The Road Back, which is a sequel to All Quiet on the Western Front. Okay. Um, but basically, this is this is a great story for Hollywood the Nazi League complained that it portrayed, because <laughs> it's about German soldiers returning from the front lines after World War One, and um, so it's pr- quite personal to Whale um, who were, who obviously was in World War One, not World in the one. German side but he wanted to do a sequel to All Quiet on the Western Front and Nazi Germany basically complained over the content and they got bankers to complain over as well like there was a big thing of them petitioning like in in, petitioning universal this is like 36 37 and they universal end up placating the nazis and they recut the whole film Uh, they take it away from like whale add tons of like shitty comedy to it um and tons of different scenes that's obviously nothing to do with the kind of the weird pathos and weird kind of drama that whale was trying to tell and it absolutely fucking bombs at the cinema like it does fucking nothing it doesn't even do it like they do, they try and placate Nazi Germany and the, and the other countries around who who join with Germany to complain they're doing that so they don't lose in the box office and they do all that and they still don't even see it in Germany like they still gets banned and doesn't get in Germany like um which is an incredible uh, um statement to say about placating nazis <laughs> like don't fucking bother <laughs> like I'm surprised um, that
0: they they even, like, did that, like, did that just, like, recut it on their
1: request? On that or, threat, or yeah, on the, the banking press, yeah, threats and stuff like that, it's the same. Um, and because of that whale, basically, he gets completely pissed off with Hollywood and stops making films, really. So, he's, he, he, his career only really lasts for 10 years in Hollywood. By, by kind of, his last film, really, I think he's Man in the Iron Mask at 39. That's the last time he works in Hollywood, really. Um, he That's, does some stage stuff later. It's a um, shame
0: that they 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 kind of. Well, I'm, I'm I don't know how they treated him or whatever, but like you know, looking at like the um, I think Bride of Frankenstein didn't do as well in terms of box office.
1: Probably not. Like it like still made, made two million, t- apparently.
0: <laughs> yeah, but not compared to the twelve million that the first one made. Yeah. So that twelve million, I think I did the. I think I got it right. I'm pretty pretty sure it's equivalent to like nearly two hundred million dollars. Wow! Nowadays, like insane. In, you know, you th- five million nowadays was the budget. You know, and you're invest- you're making two two hundred million on the back of that. That's pretty, pretty nuts. You wouldn't, it just doesn't happen. Doesn't but that, that, but that just well, I mean, it kind of does a little bit with horror nowadays. Like you know, you look at all of sure. The, James Wan's films, like his horror films, he keeps those budgets quite low, and his profits are really big. Like you know, compared to like your Aquaman's, which I know make probably more, like you know, they were they're in the billions, but they also cost hundreds of millions to make and hundreds of yeah. millions to promote. Whereas horror films don't, you know, don't take that, yeah, cost, but they make so much profit. He was which um, is why, like you know, like it's why Bruce Campbell and and uh, Sam Raimi. Made their first films a horror film. They're not horror guys, but that's what. Yeah. they knew they could sell and make money from
1: horror. Does sell? It's, yeah, like it does. It's like...
0: it's weird. Like people love horror because you can have yeah. like people don't like crap comedy. Crap comedy doesn't work. Yeah, you know, crap action films don't work. You know, I'm sure there's a niche market for people who like shit action films, but people love shit horror films. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you know, people watch horror films that they will watch horror films that were shot on videotape or digital eight camera or whatever because you know it's for some reason there's just something about horror that people love all kinds good bad and ugly
1: i mean corman was still using carloff well into like the 50s 60s doesn't it one of his last films with with jack nicholson isn't it um like he was the grinch Grinch. just selling it on the back of this film that's really what it is as well just selling on the back of this, still like promoting it because he knows people will go to drive-throughs or or what have you to go watch horror. They'll they'll go find it because they they have such fondness for these these horror films and stuff. But say so, like um, he, he like he didn't fall out of favor until the road back where he clearly really had a, a fallout with the studio because they were placating right. the Nazis and I don't think he agreed with that. Fair play, no, that's um, and, fair. And also, fair. and also it's also because. Uh, as I say, the production co coming in, he fell out of favour just being out in Hollywood as well. Whereas his contemporaries, people like George Cloaker and stuff like that, weren't. And I think that made it more difficult for him to get work. Um, but it's insane to look at like 10 years in Hollywood and he's like got something like 20 films or something, you know, like, because they just make like three a year, <laughs> four a year and stuff like that. But um, some of the film I watched some of them today. He's got a great film called Remember Last Night, which is about like... Um, it's it's based on a book called The Hangover Mysteries, where people get drunk the night uh, the night after and can't remember what happened to like what how someone died because they all got hungover in the morning. I was gonna and, say um, it
0: sounds like those shit comedy films.
1: Yeah, I know And uh, he, he did the f- he did the first recording our version of um, Showboat, which is really hard to find because Universal redid it in the fifties and they basically got rid of all the copies of the thirties film uh, oh, to wow. sell that like, the new one um but it's um showboats the one the, the the musical with old man river in it so you'll probably know that song yeah um and it's really good i watched it today and it, uh, ignoring the very pointless blackface scene minstrel scene in the middle of it which was completely put in for the 30s audiences um it's actually really good and you can and like you can send, like some of the shots that he chooses to put in they're so like visually striking and and playing with shadows and stuff like that, even in a musical, you know, he's not making horror at all. is really cool, and and I just I kind of wish he was he'd made films more. Really, They had more like freedom with that. But um, I thought it'd be interesting to tell you about kind of the Frankenstein franchise after this, uh, which okay. gets pretty pretty weird. <laughs> so like, it's not a media. It's not like it's because Dracula never really got proper sequels um they did like daughter of dracula and son of Dracula and stuff like that um it it's they're not they're basically like the same film with another vampire really um they're just not they're not quite so like thematic in their kind of sequels but the um the first like the first one after um uh, after uh, w- uh, Whale is um, Son of Frankenstein in 39 and it's a bit more surrealist you know this is much more gothic expressionist this is much more surrealist they have these giant staircases and and like weird like very Tim Burton-y kind of like um, like twisted doorways and stuff um, Basil Rathbun in comes into play Frankenstein because Cole was dead by this point um, sorry what did you say?
0: Was he in colour?
1: No 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 it wasn't okay. um, there um bella this is when bella lagosi joins the cast though so bella Lugosi plays Igor um who's like the hunchback assistant and um he's kind of like becomes the main character of the frankenstein films so he like like basically <laughs> bella comes in and takes over the franchise the monster is really barely in it um he's a he's mute again because karloff basically insisted on it um and he doesn't really have anything to do but they kind of give him superpowers. Like, he becomes really strong at this point and he becomes, like, um, immortal as well. And uh, and um, it, it, by the end of the film, Igor and Igor's trying to get, like, uh, to the monster to kind of, like, destroy things on his behalf and they get into a fight and the monster gets dumped in, like, a sulfur pit at the end of the film and dies. And that's the last time Karloff ever plays the monster. Okay. So then you get, like... Ghost of Frankenstein in 42, which you get Lon Chaney Jr., who was the Wolfman. He, ta- he comes over and takes over playing the monster. Um, Bella, again, is kind of the lead character now, playing Igor. And he's like, he wants his brain to be put into the monster's body so he can become super powerful and, and have everlasting life. He even says, like, he's going to take over the country, like, like, dominate the world by being the monster. Um, and it's weird but somehow Igor gets blinded and then when his brain gets put into the monster he's still blind like I don't know if the blindness was in his brain apparently <laughs> okay. um, um, but he then starts talking and is sounding exactly like Bela Lugosi as well and the monster the kind of the original film monster the sensitive monster dies at this point in the films cuz it's not the same brain anymore. Okay. So then you get the next film is Frankenstein meets the Wolfman in 1943. And like this point it's this point when it comes properly kind of like B movie, really. Um so Lon Chaney instead of playing the monster Lon Chaney's well, Lon Chaney Jr is back to playing the Wolfman and Bella is now playing the monster um looking like Bella Lugosi, sounding like Bella Lugosi. <laughs> <laughs> and he walk he he spends the entire movie wandering around with his arms outstretched cuz he's blind so he's got his arms outstretched and he's feeling the walls and he's one he's stumbling around not being able to see where he's going which is kind of where that frankenstein walk comes from the um of like the like stumbling with the arms outstretched it comes from these later films for some reason
0: yeah cuz he kind of more staggers around isn't he in um yeah in these first two ones, like he's a guy who just doesn't know quite how to move each individual limb properly.
1: Yeah, because these one leg short of the other, and
0: <laughs> like,
1: yeah. like exactly like. But yeah, later on he becomes this proper like oh arms outstretched. He can't talk as well, so it's just the er, oh. um, and the. Uh, the, but the, however the plot point about him being blind actually gets cut from the f- from the final act, <laughs> final like script so it never actually explains that he's blind in the film and he just spends the entire film stumbling around and not being able to touch anything and, and yeah I don't know the, the kind of the whole soul of the monster kind of goes he can't speak in it which is so silly because he was speaking at the end of Ghost of Frankenstein so he just stumbles around blind crashing into things going Rrr, for like the whole film And it's when they're just playing on the fact that meets the Wolfman, and this kind of what it becomes. So 44, which again the following year, notice how like, you know, they just come out year after year at this point. Is House of Frankenstein, and Boris Karloff actually returns for this one, but he's playing a character called Dr. Neiman, who's basically a fake Dr. Frankenstein. And in this one, it's just it's the weirdest fucking thing. Like you get Dracula, the Wolfman, and you get the monster. The monster's being played by someone called Glenn Strange, who no one ever knows. He doesn't even get credited. In the in the film, the monster is barely in it; like he's an afterthought in the whole film. And it's and they they do loads of weird things, like Dracula gets killed off in the first half of the film, which is almost like a different film than the rest of the film. Like the the characters in the first half don't return for the second half and stuff. Is that the one it, where
0: David Carradine's dad plays Count Dracula?
1: Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. he's playing yeah he's playing Dracula now. Yeah, John Carradine. Um, it's it's awful it's you know there's just nothing into it and then the final basic appearance of of everything well not the final one but the final kind of run of those films is then son of dracula in 45 which has again dracula wolfman and the monster all in it um the monster again dies at the end but like son of dracula even though it's like meant to be a sequel to house of dracula kind of resets like all the stuff that happens in house of frankenstein doesn't matter like John Carradine just returns even though he dies in the film before it just it's just like they don't care anymore they're just pumping out movies with these characters in for people to go see and then basically the end of it is um Albert and Costello meets Frankenstein in 48 (laughs) which is um Bella returns as Dracula um and the monster's in it at that point but he's he's not kind of a character he's just kind of stumbling around and they open doors up and he's there, kind of thing. <laughs> like it's like proper Scooby Doo.
0: Is he like that big red thing from, um... <laughs> from Bugs Bunny? <laughs> yeah, Bugs Bunny. What's he called? <laughs> yeah. The big red thing. What
1: is that thing called? He,
0: every time he opens the door, he's just standing there. It's
1: What's basically that. Like that? Yeah, it's basically that. What's
0: he called?
1: I just thing? think it's a. It's I a. I think he's it's a... called.
0: Is he the Gossamer?
1: No. Oh, is he that? Yeah.
0: got those like little Chuck Taylors on
1: yeah he has yeah yeah it basically becomes that and it's just so the reason I kind of thought it was fun to go through is because like you get these two movies where the character's treated as a kind of soulful and kind of main character um you know Karloff's above the the um the title in the second one and without whale it just descends into just them making like stick the monster in and have Dracula there as well, please, kind of thing. like, um, And it just becomes, immediately the franchise just gets diluted to them just making money with horror films. But
0: but this always happens with Hollywood. Like, you know, they can't, they don't know when to stop something. So it's like, you know, you look at the first two Tim Burton Batman films, which are very auteur driven, you know, they're very personal to Tim Burton's kind of aesthetic and his look and stuff like that. And they probably actually borrow a lot from these Universal Monster films, actually. I bet but, um, so, yeah, yeah. And then you get the Schumacher ones, which totally just go. <laughs> and they just kind of become like silly, campy farces, which, you know, they're fine for what they are, but they're totally. You know, they jump the shark, don't they? Like, you know, like how these did. And, you know. And they're still doing it today with, with film franchises and stuff like that. I think where that's just kind of they don't they don't know where to go from it so they just go fuck it just do whatever <laughs> you know i think
1: that's what's kind of interesting is like looking at franchise filmmaking in the 30s is the same as looking at franchise filmmaking now yeah, it's no <laughs> like, difference no people different. moan about franchises taking over everything but i've just read out like you know six frankenstein yeah. movies basically <laughs> yeah. like um they always did it they just put push more money into it now and actually like like marvel especially they aren't just trying to make the next film, I think they are trying to build to something, and we'll see what happens now. Yeah. Like, maybe they'll well, I mean, become they the did. House they... of Frankenstein. Like, now, well, I mean,
0: you know, if you know, they had a very good run for the first 10 years, you know, they built to so end game, which you know, yeah, whether or not you like Marvel films, end game was great, it was good fun, and um, sure, you know, they did a good job with that, but like unfortunately we won't get to see our dark universe though which I'm very sad about <laughs> very yeah. sad. was it was was actually anyone cast to be the monster or anything or Frank or Victor Frankenstein or whatever in that or not Well, they
1: made the Victor Frankenstein film didn't they yeah but, but was that part, actually is that part the, of the dot was was universe? That the
0: one with was that the one with Daniel Radcliffe and and um was it James Daniel McAvoy Radcliffe? I'm sure Dan, yes. James, Daniel Radcliffe it was, was James um, McAvoy was Igor, Igor, or whatever, or something like that, or? But um, I don't, because that was written by bloody Max Landis, wasn't it?
1: <laughs> was it <laughs> great? <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, what's the f- What's the film? Victor Frankenstein, and that was put out by 20th Century Fox. That wasn't a Universal film.
1: Uh, okay, so, that's where I'm mixing up then. So I'm assuming, because I'm. Um, I'm going to have to. We need to find out if there was a Frankenstein in Dark Universe.
0: I was trying to was look it? it up, but I couldn't find anything. So, obviously, uh, Johnny Depp was going to be the Invisible Man. Yeah. Um, uh, Russell Crowe was going to be. Uh, De- Jekyll and Hyde. Jekyll and Hyde's yeah. another character that they kind of. He started off like his. When he turned, he was kind of like a very sinewy shriveled up kind of like petty looking kind of gobliny kind of thing <laughs> yeah. and then then evolved into this like incredible hulk roid rage kind of character didn't it and so whenever people time. like do that now they kind of see the kind of like either it's like the incredible hulk or like the the one from yeah. the gentleman or yeah 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 or yeah the, or van helsing or whatever who's massive
1: the original J- Jekyll and Hyde, which is actually... It was Paramount, not Universal, the one in the 30s. Yeah. Um, they do this incredible one camera shot where he takes the potion, then he changes on screen. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think, if I'm right, it's all to do with turning the lens, the colour f- lens on the screen, basically, because it's black and white, and they painted him in, like, colours that show up under different light. So, basically, they just turn the turn like, the filter... And you see like these kind of elements appear on him that make him all like, dishe- like, look dishevelled and weird and, and stuff. It's really cool. Like, it's Smoke a really and cool mirrors,
0: effect. baby. Smoke and
1: mirrors. That's all you Smoke need. Smoke and mirrors. Um, which is... Yeah, all I've got, by the way, is looking at... Is Frankenstein was an, announced as up and coming, but n- no one... Oh, no, I'm sorry. Javier Bardem was going to play the monster.
0: Javier Bardem?
1: Yeah, Javier Bardem was linked to Frankenstein. To I I literally monster.
0: just don't know how they would have put all these together. Like <laughs> no, Do you think these films were considered scary back in the thirties?
1: That's a really, really good point. Um It I don't oh God. Yes and no. Like I think I think a lot of the reports of people find it really scary is Universal putting out propaganda. You see like a lot of reports yeah. like saying, people are running from the theatres and they can't sit down. And I don't think that's true. In the same way as like, you know, the famous story about War of the Worlds being read on the radio isn't actually true. It seems to basically all be kind of newspapers inventing mm-hmm. s- like clickbait, basically. And I think a lot, lot of the kind of stories about people screaming in the cinema and stuff like that um, and running out are largely an invention of marketing, more than anything else. And I think like there was meant to be film elements that are. I think the first one especially is meant to have elements where it's terrifying, but I think it's not meant to be like, like heart shakingly terrifying. It's mm-hmm. meant to be like getting at your soul terrifying. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, you questioning stuff about faith and whatever. It's not meant to be like like, such like a gratuitous shock which i think is what we expect out of horror um the second film especially is really camp though you know like Minnie at the start you know screaming when the monster turns around like she screams and screams and then runs off into the distance and um in gods and monsters actually like um he like they even have james whale say that you know like uh brendan fraser's character watches in the bar and he asks if anyone laughed when watching it and Brendan Fraser's character's like, oh, no, 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 no one laughed. And he just went, oh, that's a shame. Like, everyone's lost their kind of, like, <laughs> um everyone's lost their kind of whatever he says. Like, indicating that he, you know, wrote them as kind of campy comedies. He was seeing it as funny. And and he said people in the 30s laughed. You know, I know Gods and Monsters is, is an invention. um, But I think the general elements was he was trying to make something actually kind of funny. I'll I'll
0: tell you what I did find funny, especially in the first one, is all the different accents that
1: people have.
0: (laughs) So, where's it meant to be set? Is it Switzerland or where is it?
1: it It's around that, isn't it? Germany. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, like, and then you've you've got this full-on American farmer with his little daughter who speaks (laughs) full-on like I don't know. I'm just gonna go down to the water, <laughs> and, it's like, what, what? and then you've got someone who's speaking like I don't know Eastern European, and then you've got someone who speaks British like a British English accent, and you're like, this is all over the shop.
1: And you get like like Baron Frankenstein who's like properly putting like a German accent on. Yeah, and, and then he's like, like <laughs> just, yeah,
0: <laughs> this is funny. Oh dear. But yeah, going it's- back to this the scary thing though, like, um, like there's no way in hell that. A universe with Tom Cruise as the mummy. Some shoot, I haven't seen that version of the mummy, but from what I gather, he becomes the mummy at the end and he'd be the, yes. the mummy. There's no way that a, a series with that character or that like is gonna be scary. And like is was he the villain? I don't I have no idea. And it's like, you know, when they did the mummy in 1999 with Brendan Fraser, it was pretty much Raiders of the Lost Art, wasn't it really? Yeah. And you know, it
1: wasn't. A
0: horror film as such.
1: I think uh, they were building to be adventure films.
0: What, the new ones?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And what I just don't get is, like, it's hard to take the characters seriously, really. It's hard to watch and go, I'm going to watch the Renfield film, like, which is one of the ones <laughs> that, you know, I, I don't, like, as their standalone stories, like, they they had a film called Monster Mash, like, it was when they went to all be in it. And I had a film called Dark Army, which was another one that they were all meant to be in.
0: What's the one with all the kids? Monster Squad.
1: Monster Squad. Yeah, there's loads of them in that. And um, I just like the, clearly, they were meant to be building to some threat. Um, what that would they were be meant the threat to...
0: in that Dark Universe because originally it was meant to be Dracula Dracula Untold yeah. was the first one.
1: I think it'll be Dracula would be the threat. I think that's what it would be. I think that's the only thing I can imagine it would be. Would be Dracula would be the threat.
0: Yeah, weird. I don't know. And then it's so who's weird. Van Hel- it's such like, was Van Helsing
1: in that universe? Was did they have a Van Helsing or? They hadn't casted Van Helsing, but he was going to be in it.
0: But then, the, but then you look at the Invisible Man that they made, which actually wasn't part of the, the new Dark Universe. No, no, but that is, was, yeah. But it is a Universal Monsters. But it is a new yeah. version of that. But that, yeah, because the one in the Dark
1: was... Universe was um, the Invisible Woman. And it was Elizabeth Banks that got cast as her.
0: Uh, okay. But like <laughs> th- this new one I thought actually was really tense and I wouldn't say it's horrific but it definitely and it, th- it definitely affected me in a good way like it, you know it, it it stimulated me like a horror thriller should do I think. It's funny which can't that like I imagine a Johnny Depp version would.
1: No. No. It's been, it's funny that like like that newest Invisible Man, some of the effects are basically just a knife floating and footsteps in paint, you know, like it's not much more than they were doing in the 30s one.
0: Like, well, Yeah, or like, you know, Sam, Sam Neil in the, I know it's not a monster one, but memoirs of Invisible Man, where he's, he's got a gun point to his head, but it's literally just yeah. a gun that's probably like strapped to his head. <laughs> it's the way tight. he's like, he's just when selling he's it. Yeah. You know, just good acting is a good effect sometimes. And, you know,
1: it's, it's definitely get to the. You need to get to the core of them, and actually then take them a bit campy. I think is the key for it. Like, yeah. not like you don't have to be hyper camp, but I even think like the Invisible Man, the newest one, has like a nice degree of camp horror in it, even though yeah, it's kind it of taken it seriously. I think that's what you do with these classic monsters. You, you're going to watch them for fun, and I don't think you're going to watch them to be cool. I don't think well, like, that's the right way to sell anything. <laughs>
0: You know, you look at them, you know, you, you you want the monster to look like the monster with the bolts and stuff like that. And there's no way you can do that in a... It's always going to look a bit campy, which is fine, totally fine. And, you know, otherwise all you get is the Robert De Niro version, which looks boring. Do you know what I mean? Yes.
1: Yeah. no one wants to see that and no one wants that on the side of a yeah. cup. <laughs> exactly, yeah.
0: You want, to, you want to buy like a t-shirt with it on or, you know, a, yeah. a, the souvenir magazine or I don't know. <laughs> You know. There's
1: a reason these 30s versions have lasted. It's because, like, they, they are just so, like, easy to depict to and easy to see in your head and easy to kind of, like, grasp onto. Like, you kind of... You see the monster, you know about him without watching the film. You know that yeah, he's yeah. probably quite a, a bit of a sadder character and you get it immediately. Like, you see, like, Bela Gose's Dracula, you get it. You, you see that he looks suave and he's got a cape on, you know, like... It's it's different, it, but it's it's getting to the core of of selling something, and I think there's a reason they persist in our culture anyway.
0: Totally. Well, I think I think we've said all we can say on these films for now. What do you reckon? Yeah, probably.
1: Yeah. So,
0: what what would you give each of these films out of five? Then, what's your?
1: Um, I'd probably give the first one around four, and the second one five. I think.
0: I think yeah, I'm about four for the first one, four and a half. Out of five for the second one purely for the fact that I think I think up to further way it was potentially gonna end where where uh, it's her heart and he dies in the yeah. uh, in the building and stuff and I think that'd be more interesting yeah um, I agree but um but yeah I really enjoyed watching them and I'm definitely I you know once I've finished with these music videos I'm definitely gonna delve into like the mummy and uh uh you know all the other ones. So the mummy
1: cool. and Invisible Man are definitely worth watching. Like, Whale Invisi- yeah. like does Invisible Man as well. The effects are brilliant, for especially for the thirties. Um, they're so much fun, honestly.
0: Just gonna say the only one I've seen is Creature.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Other than, yes. Which is like the last time they ever tried to do any kind of creep, like horror, like monster, Universal monster movie.
0: Yeah, because I think by that point, sci-fi had come
1: in the picture yeah. hadn't
0: it, and then kind of taken over then.
1: It's so weird how they've never got another creature move, like creature from the Black Lagoon movie out as well. That's God, the yeah. that's the weird well, one, especially I when like
0: the, the closest we've got to it is Shape
1: of, of yeah. Water, really. I guess which Shape of Water or, kind of is. It right, really yeah, is kind much. like
0: yeah, but it was great. For, I really enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, I love that <laughs> film.
1: Yeah, but I w- I would love to see someone like Del Toro tackle these classic monster films, they would.
0: I mean, look at his list of unmade films or films he's attached to and it's just like, Jesus Christ.
1: (laughs) I don't know what's always the impediment, but, yeah, let him do it.
0: (laughs) Well, I guess the case is if you're a filmmaker, you've just got to be attached to as many films as possible because you know 90% of those films will not get made, so you've got to attach yourself to everything because... You need to work a bit at the end of the day, so you just have to. But I think most of the films he ends up making are the ones that he writes and creates himself anyway, so
1: yeah, yeah, so. he seems to push for himself himself.
0: Well, so, yeah, that was yeah, anyway. fun.
1: I'm glad to introduce you to these original horror films. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I've always been me, like, I think I showed you the box set, and I was like, Look what I bought three years ago. <laughs> and just like a lot of these are the films we're watching, they've just sat on my shelf because I've thought, yeah, I look like a film film fan. You know, I'm not a f- proper film fan unless I've got these on my shelf. But <laughs> you know, they're just sitting there and watched like all these other films. So uh, yeah, I'm glad to to finally start ticking them off. And um, we'll um
1: keep diving into the 30s. I think yeah, definitely. Like, um, it should be a, quite a different series than we've done before. I think.
0: Like. Yeah, but I'm looking forward to it though. Like I was worried about the 50s, and I absolutely loved pretty much, I think all the films we watched in the <laughs> 50s. I think you know, so it was, you know, it was a jolly good time. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to it. But um, I was going to say it's probably we might have like a couple of weeks off because you're you know you're moving down sad Yeah, I'm moving house, job.
1: and yeah, it's going to be new a bit of a and, it's um, going to be a bit of an effort to try find time to record, and actually, it's effort for me to take my recording equipment with me. <laughs> it's a bit of <laughs> a problem because <laughs> I'm living out of Airbnbs for a while.
0: Um, yeah, and I'm you know I'm working on this uh, video, but I'm hoping we can do one for Ghostbusters at least when that sure. comes out. Uh, I think you know we've got a couple of weeks until I think three or four weeks maybe until that's out. So yeah, and then I think after that we'll that probably fun. maybe before Christmas we'll probably delve into the.
1: Get to into the thirties, yeah. With um, all quiet on the Western Front, will be our first one.
0: Yeah, so yeah, I can't wait to get cracking with the thirties, and um, I hope you have a pleasant move down south and uh, you enjoy your <laughs> new job. You. Um, yeah, so everyone, uh, please check out our previous um, uh, Halloween special. A, this is the second of a two-part. The first one we did brain damage uh, from the nineteen eighties, which was yeah, pretty yeah. awesome so I Absolutely. highly recommend that and um, yeah so uh, thanks for listening and uh, please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe uh, you can reach out to us on Twitter we are at adjustyourtracking that's with a wire, not a your and yeah don't forget if the picture's bad always adjust your tracking